with the Calgary Flames just outside of the wild card spot again, two points. They win this game today in regulation. They will hold the tiebreaker against the Winnipeg Jets. So that means if after 82 games, if these two teams have the same amount of points, the Calgary Flames should be able to get in the second wild card spot. If the Winnipeg Jets win in regulation tonight, well, that puts a humongous damper on things because the Jets have one game in hand. And that might put the Flames in a situation where they'll be completely out of the playoffs. So every time we talk about a game, Cooper, that can get bigger than none other, this is it tonight. Calgary has to get the two points. Well, John, how, how many Calgary Flames games have we covered this season? How many times have we said to ourselves uh, and to our listeners, this is the night. This is the night that everything hangs on. This is the pivotal moment. Uh, well, Officially, for the last time this season, at least in terms of the playoff chase in the regular season, this is actually the moment for the yeah. Calgary Flames. Uh, essentially, mathematically, by any fundamental standard, by the eye test, uh, by the fan test, by the broadcasters' comments, I mean, John, this is, uh, this is the evening. The Flames must perform. They have to have a win in regulation. Uh, and then they need a lot of help beyond that because of something that we'll talk a lot about throughout this evening. Uh, and the tenor that we take will change depending on the Flames' performance in this game. But uh, unbelievably, Calgary goes down to the NHL's worst team, the Chicago Blackhawks, in Calgary by a final of 4-3 to three just one night ago. And then they had to travel in Canada to take on the Jets here on the road. Uh, so all the pressure on the team in white tonight. The uh, Calgary Flames are finally, out at last, John, up against it. And it's, we'll see if they push or if they fold. Yeah, when we talked about it in this previous three-game stretch, you said Calgary must get all six points. You were correct. I said Calgary would get four out of six points. I was correct. That puts us in the situation that we are tonight. As you said, off the back-to-back, -back, off the travel, and oh, by the way, facing Connor Hellebuck in net. Yeah, there are, uh, there are a, a mounting number of reasons that any smart sports fan, hockey fan, Flames fan, Jets fan would point at Calgary and say, uh, good luck, no chance, guys. Uh, but you know what? I was actually just listening to uh, Sirius XM NHL radio on the way here, uh, back uh, from, from the, the job that I do to pay the bills, John, but this is really where I want to be, <laughs> despite the fact that the Flames are, uh, are, are really in a precarious spot tonight. You know what I was hearing? Uh, from, from some folks in media is that uh, it would be very much like the Flames to lose to a team like the Blackhawks and then turn around on a back-to-back -back and, you know, take care of a, a playoff-caliber team like the Jets by a solid score of, you know, 5-2, to 5-3. to three. I mean, that is just as likely as the Flames being uh, run out of the building tonight, which they have. And the Jets have also been uh, picking it up lately when it comes to the offense. All we have to do is look at their game against the Devils recently where they scored oh, yeah. six goals and smashed New Jersey, a, a very top-quality uh, top playoff team. So, uh, yeah, the Flames have a lot to worry about tonight and, like you said, hella bucket net. Well, the Jets in their last ten are 5-5, five and five, and as Cooper said, they've been scoring a lot of goals. They're coming off back six-goal performance of the Devils and the Red Wings on that side, so they're starting to find a little bit of offense. When we do get into the first intermission, I will have a game to play with Cooper on that side. As far as everything else, I don't have a plan, but I'll make an announcement in the second intermission as far as the rest of the schedule. But as of right now, this is the most important thing on the, doc on the docket today,
and I'm glad that we were able to get this type of game, Cooper, considering the circumstances. It's a light schedule in the NHL, just a couple games on TNT in mixed with this, but this is the biggest game of the day, so all eyes will be on the two Canadian teams in the Flames and the Jets. Yeah, sure. Plenty of respect to the Tampa Bay Lightning who are going into MSG tonight uh, to take on the Rangers. I mean, those are, those are two teams that we're going to be keeping our eye on, John, as we get into our playoff coverage. But not too many days from now, um, either one of those teams could be a real threat mm-hmm. coming out of the East. And then, of course, you have uh, uh, in Anaheim here in Southern California, you have the Oilers coming in. And the Oilers, boy, have they looked like world beaters lately. They look like they are firing on all cylinders at just the right time heading into a postseason play. They should, you would think, take care of Anaheim pretty easily. So to your point, uh, really all eyes who, <laughs> who at least want any modicum of drama are going to be looking at this uh, Flames at Jets contest. And boy, John, there's, you know, it's an interesting thought. There's, there's a ton to talk about. But at the same time, there's not that much to talk about because it's really kind of a singular focus yeah. here. The Flames, basically, when we when we get down to the foundations of it, they must win in regulation. They have to defeat Winnipeg, keeping them to zero points tonight and getting two for themselves. Yeah, they do, because that game in hand for the Jets is going to be big, obviously. And the one thing for the Flames, if you want to talk about some positivity, even though the last couple of games had to be comeback wins, Cooper, as we know, the Flames did not have a comeback win on the season, not even a singular one. They had two in back-to-back days before falling to the Blackhawks. And the question is, and I hate to drive the stake, but this is just for the prosperity of our listeners, when you talk about it, in between the Red Wings and the Chicago Blackhawks, the Calgary Flames went 0-4-1 on the season. You take a couple of those losses and you put them in the win column, this narrative changes today, and it's not do or die. Yeah, and, and I mean, I, uh, I loathe to think about it, John, but uh, should the Flames be eliminated from the playoff chase here at some point, um, yeah, there's going to be a lot of reflection that not only fans are going to want to do, they're going to point to games like the one last night against the Blackhawks and against, frankly, many teams that are mm-hmm. in the bottom four, five, or six in, in the overall standings in the league and just continue to question themselves and question the team that they root for and say, you know what, Flames, <laughs> what the heck were you doing? For 82 games, guys, if you would have won even just a small handful with John, like you said, we're talking three or four overtime losses that go the other way. Uh, Maybe one, you get one in regulation. Maybe you don't give up some big leads. Uh, But, you know, that's that's why we tune in. You know, you're always going to see something different. And this is certainly a different version of the Flames team that we saw in the playoffs last year. Uh, John, we've been over many, many times the personnel changes that have gone on. And one question that, uh, especially if things go south for Calgary tonight and it looks like the Jets are going to come away with the victory, you and I are going to have a lot of discussion about uh, what this Flames team looks like going forward and if there are things at play here that, uh, that are deeper, right? Some, some, some deeper wounds that need to be healed if this team's going to have success, not just in the next few weeks, uh, but in, in seasons to come. Yeah, there's already going to be a couple moves that, if you've been following the team at all, that you know that are going to be on the horizon with Lucic and things like that, just for cap purposes on that end. And Calgary will be fine. They're going to get a boatload of cap back even for next year just to get a couple more players. But the window is realistically right now and next season. After that, as you talked about, Cooper, everything is going to be wide open and the landscape of this Flames team is going to look a heck of a lot different. Maybe so most teams won't even recognize. 
Yeah, I think you make a, a very fair point, and, and you talk about that window. I think a window that, that most fans would have – I mean, whether you root for Calgary or not, right. most hockey fans would have said, boy, I can't imagine – Calgary in the, in the foreseeable future without a, a player like Johnny Gaudreau or without a player like Matthew Kachuk. Um, that era is, is now long over. It feels like an eon ago, partly because this season has been such a slog. And, uh, you know, one, one uh, note that I want to make, and I want to give credit to former Flame Rhett Warner, who's now in the media and was on a podcast that I was listening to. He made a very simple but I think important point that this roster for the Calgary Flames, John, I think you'll probably agree. I certainly did. Uh, it's like a light bulb went off for me. This roster was not a plan. This roster was a reaction. Yeah. Right? And Brad Tree Living, to his credit, did the best that he could with very difficult circumstances. You're telling me not one, but it's effectively two. Your two top players, uh, certainly offensively, but overall, uh, without much argument, your two top players are gone. What do you do? Well, you get assets back. You get a player like Huberdeau. You get a Nazem Kadri. They've both had uh, just shockingly down years. You can't control that uh, as an executive. Um, and that's where we're going to have discussions about Daryl Sutter, how much of that falls on him, what responsibility does he own. Um, but, you know, we're, we're going to get into the, uh, the, the the details, John, of, you know, the cadres of the world who had a very difficult game last night, multiple giveaways that resulted in goals for Chicago. Um, but, yeah, ultimately this team is uh, is a reaction to what happened. And it looks like the formula just never panned out. But even as my breath ex expires as I say that sentence, you know what? They still have a chance. They're here in Winnipeg. They still have a chance despite the ups and downs. And unbelievably, I am a little surprised, John, but with an even 3.00 goals against average and still a sub-900 save percentage and just the one shutout, Jacob Markstrom, they're going to ride him till the wheels fall off, John. He'll be taking on Connor Hellebuck in the crease. Yes, he will. So trepidation, big breath for everybody right now. Cooper, you can take the play-by-play -play whenever you want to. I can start it if you want to on that end. This is a big one. Hopefully we both can get into it. Yes, sir. You know what? Just for the heck, I'm going to shake off the nerves. I'll jump into the play-by-play -play here, and when, when we get okay. some of the media timeouts, we'll see how quickly we want to switch back and forth. I know we will uh, either way at the intermissions, but here we are, John, in Winnipeg. This is the Flames' season on the line. They are taking on the navy blue, light blue, and white-clad Winnipeg Jets, and Lowry wins that face-off. The Flames in their road whites with the red and yellow trim. As we said, Markstrom in net. To the left side of your radio dial, Hellebuck in net to the right side. Now, 10 seconds are gone here in the first of this incredibly crucial game for the Calgary Flames this season. They take possession here in their own end. Tyler Toffoli bumped off the puck, but not before he knocks it down the length of the ice. And a nice check right there to start this game. I couldn't see through that body check for the Flames, but either way, the puck is bouncing now at the red line at center ice. It's sent along, but bounces off of the referee. So now back in the neutral zone where Tyler Toffoli battles for it. He's going to drop it off right there for Lindholm, but the Jets have numbers back. So Lindholm floats this one to the far corner off the glass. Noah Hannafin, who scored a night ago, a nice rooster from the high slot. He's got the puck right now for the Flames. The Flames will change on the fly with number 55 in white still holding. Now it's going to be to Chris Tanev. Chris Tanev, the Flames defenseman, came back to the lineup a couple games ago. He was gone for, I believe it was six games with an upper body injury. But here he is battling to try to get his team into the playoffs. They need a lot of help. And there's a floated puck that's grabbed by the trapper of Hellebuck for the first stoppage of the night. 
and there will be a face-off coming up. Yeah, we will see just how much of a slow start, tentative start will be between these two teams. It's going to be very important, as that was some severe body contact on the other and some of the replays that they've shown from the other night against uh, Tanev and Dickinson. Hopefully you can see more of that. The Flames are going to need it. Yeah, Tanev looks like he is on a mission. The only question, John, is uh, is the rest of the roster uh, on, on the same boat with him? We'll find out here as Troy Stetcher, who's played very well for the Flames, puts a shot right on from the blue line. It's stopped easily by Hellebuck, and he will hold for yet another faceoff. You talk about all the stuff for the Flames, and rightly so. You think Rick Bonus, he'd be on a little bit of a hot seat with Kevin Shoveldayoff if the Jets don't make the playoffs. Yeah, I think you're absolutely right, but uh, Bonus has such a solid pedigree, as does Daryl Sutter. But yeah, I think that if either one of these teams were to fall out of the playoff picture, there will definitely be questions in bold, italicized, all caps, all sorts. And there's a backhanded shot right there from a tight angle by number 88, Andrew Mangiapane. So the Flames' red man, not to be confused with Artemi Panarin, he put one on there, and the Flames will do some nice back-checking right there as Jonathan Huberto steals a pass that was intended for one of the Jets. Although the puck now trickles free, and with 18.20 to go here in the first and two shots for Calgary, zero right now for Winnipeg, the Flames look to take back over in their own end, and Rasmus Anderson Ooh. is blasted, John. He goes hard into Ooh. the end boards. I think he went skates first. Either way, he is down, looks to be seriously injured, and there are a pile of players right next to Rasmus Anderson who remains on the ice. Oh, Nikolai Ehlers got a piece of Rasmus Anderson, and he is very slow to get up. They're making sure that they're not skating over him. He's just almost trying to rise to his feet right now as he's being attended to by the training staff. That did not look good at all. Boy, just uh, unfortunately a disaster start for the Calgary Flames here in this game. I don't think, based on his facial expression and some head shaking that he was doing, I don't think there was any intent there. Uh, as Dubois. Excuse me, Dubois, I, I mistakenly said Ehlers, but Dubois is going to go to the box here uh, for something. Either way, Erasmus Anderson looks to be in pain. He is having a discussion with the Flames trainer and is on a knee right now, but is definitely gingerly getting up. So we're going to get a chance to take a look at this hit now. So Dubois trying to win a puck battle, and yeah, he got the shoulder into Anderson. and There really wasn't any time for him to be able to brace himself. No, that was a, a, a messy play right there. I think um, an elbow thrown kind of yeah. to the lower back that took Rasmus Anderson's skates out from underneath him. I mean, that's the kind of play, John, we've seen much worse. As now Anderson has his helmet off on the bench. He looks to have collected himself. We'll see what his status is. Uh, in the rest of this period and the game. But uh, it's going to be a two-minute minor for boarding. And, yeah, that was very, very dangerous by Pierre-Luc Dubois. Yeah, the one thing that's going to make this team feel a lot better in Rasmus Anderson is if they immediately score off this. You've been given an opportunity, given the circumstances, as scary as it just is. Calgary's got to uh, take advantage of this, Cooper. Yeah, and, you know, it, it's such a short time into this hockey game. Not even two minutes have gone here, but uh, we see the stretch pass picked up by Dubois. And even on the Sportsnet oh. side here, we're showing his speed. He was going 31 kilometers an hour, so probably about 20 miles per hour when he puts his elbow into Anderson's back. And so almost unbelievably for me, uh, that boarding penalty will result in two minutes and uh, somehow not an injury for Rasmus Anderson. At least it doesn't appear so at this point. So there's our face-off as the Flames take the first man advantage of this game, and the uh, clear goes all the way down to Jacob Markstrom. So 10 seconds gone here, the Flames with the extra man. Now Uyghur turns it over in his own end. Flames have to chase it down. Luckily Lindholm comes away with it and gives it to his fellow Swede Michael Backlund. 
Michael Backlund, as we always like to say, the longest tenured Calgary Flame on this team. He takes the puck at the near half board. He's going to send it back to Uyghur. Uyghur's play very solid of late. He's going to quarterback this thing up top. Gets it over to Lindholm. Now Lindholm back to Uyghur. The former Panther holds, fires. This one's off of the blocker of Hellebuck. And then pushed through the slot where the Jets will find it in the corner and clear all the way down. 17.30 to go here in the first, John. And we have a minute 15 to go in the Flames' power play. So Markstrom settles in the trapezoid, going to be picked up here by the left-handed shot of Noah Hannafin. He'll skate it forward and drop at the blue line. Flames take over. Now it's center eye. He's going to try to find this one, and it's deflected off of one of the Jets' sticks. I think that was, boy, I'm going to need help with this name, John. Menelanen? Uh, I know it's finished, but Saku Menelanen, he uh, gets a deflection on that one, and the puck goes out of play. Yeah, Saku Menelanen is going to play for Carson Kuhlman today on the fourth line. Very nice. Thank you so much for uh, filling me in on that one. Uh, always need your backup when it comes to the pronunciations. But uh, we're getting a little uh, replay right here of Mackenzie Weger, who had a, a nice, accurate shot that deflected earlier. But now, exactly one minute ago, as we're back underneath the action, the Flames in their last eight games are just under 30% on the power play. So we'll see what they can do here as the pass is deflected away. Nice job by Pionk right there to get in the passing lane. But the Flames will hold possession. They have it now at the blue line. Guess who's back on the ice, John? Great to see number four, Rasmus Anderson. As the shot goes whistling wide at Hellebuck's net, Flames find it once again. So here's Rasmus Anderson. I think he only missed one shift, my friend. That's pretty impressive after taking that hit from Dubois into the boards. So Noah Hannafin circles at the near boards. Speaking of the boards, he's going to let this one go down low. He gets it right back. So Hannafin goes up to Anderson. He winds up for the, the slapper but won't take it. Now the Flames have it in the far corner. 20 seconds to go here in the power play. It's put out in front where Richie is now pushing and shoving with basically the entire penalty-killing unit, and Hellebuck will cover up for a stoppage. Erasmus Anderson's getting uh, serenaded with booze every time he touches the puck now. Boy, that's an interesting play. You know, you, you think that the Winnipeg Jets fans would be pretty intelligent. Uh, I mean, I know there's passion around these yeah. teams and, and the way they're rooted for, but uh, that doesn't seem like the proper response. He, he took a legitimately hard hit. Uh, I don't think it was intentionally dirty, but boy, that was that was a messy situation, and the penalty was warranted in my mind. Absolutely. I thought it was a very interesting reaction myself. I know given the circumstances, but come on now. We're all hockey fans. should understand what's going on. Yes, indeed. Uh, yeah, luckily Anderson's even able to be on the ice to be booed. I mean, you know, he could be in an ambulance right now. No, no, uh, no exaggeration. So here's Lindholm with a sharp angled shot with just about one second left, and that second has elapsed now. And Dubois will leave the box. He's going to skate back to the bench. We're back to five on five hockey. So I think the Flames officially with just one shot on that power play. And the Jets still have no shots to speak of with four minutes gone here in the first. And with the Flames battling for possession in the offensive zone, the puck is up and over the glass once more. So we'll have another faceoff. So what's interesting in this matchup to me, when we talk about Rasmus Anderson, I think you also have to talk about Josh Morrissey on the other end. He's one of the best defensemen when it comes to uh, getting apples on the year, be able to move the puck from both of these D-lines. We'll see how they can matriculate some offense today. Yeah, you're absolutely right. Uh, both the Jets and the Flames have some... Now, wait a second, John. Morrissey. I thought we had a deflection in the O-zone for the Flames, but you were just talking about Morrissey. Guess what? <laughs> He's going to sit for two for delay a game. Puck over the glass. Apparently, his clearing attempt was so errant, it just went sideways. I thought that must have gone off of a stick shaft from one of the Flames, but... That is incorrect. So the Flames now immediately go back on the power play. It's their second of the night. They're over one so far. Let's see what they can do here with a minute 50 to go in their second man advantage. There's one that snapped right through, bounces 
through the blue paint and past Hellebuck's glove. And now the Jets come rushing out the other way. That one's taken by Lowry, but the Flames will steal and regain possession. They fling it into the Ozone from the neutral zone. Fifteen and a half minutes to go here in the first period in Winnipeg. And the Jets do a nice job of stepping in between a pass that was intended to go down to the near corner for Michael Backlund. And Rasmus Anderson will pick up that clearing attempt and flutter it back in. Now the puck is loose at the far boards. Back to Anderson up top. So Anderson no worse for wear here. He's back on his normal schedule. As Michael Backlund is dispossessed right here, it's going to be a partial two-on-one the other way. Here comes Manalainen. He's got a shot, and that one is off of the right skate, John, of Jacob Markstrom, his first save of the night. It's an important one in a shorthanded situation for the Jets. So there's their first shot, two for the Calgary Flames, one for the Jets. 55 seconds to go in this power play for the visitors. Here comes Noah Hannafin, that's second power play unit, power play unit on now, I should say. He weaves at the red line, and the puck that was intended to go to the far boards is off of a stick and into the crowd. So we've had a few of those already, and we'll have another face-off, John. Yes, we will. As that shot just rang the post again for the Flames, you can put that in the 90 marker pretty much around the season. They almost gave up a shorthanded two-on-one that Markstrom was able to brush aside with the right pad. So two power play opportunities for the Flames. They use the narrative where they don't score. Things can get dicey. Yeah, you're absolutely right, and good point. That shot from the Flames earlier in this power play did hit a post, and isn't that one of the major themes of this season for the Flames? They've been so close so many times, and usually when those pucks hit iron, it's ringing off to the outside. So 30 seconds to go here in the Flames power play, 14 minutes and 30 to go in the first, as Nazem Kadri's canceled off the puck right there, but he gets it right back, able to drop it to Uyghur. Now with some space, the Flames are going to look to shoot, but Huberto pulls back. That's another theme this year for the Flames. Decides not to let one go, tried to find something better, and now the Jets are able to gain possession in the far corner, although it's being battled for by several players. Lots of pushing and shoving. John, a stick down on the ice, and we got sticks being thrown, gloves being thrown, Dylan's in the mix with Richie, and I think a penalty is coming up right here. I think it might be against the Flames, but uh, get those four eyes on it for me. What are you seeing? I think that's what we have right now. He might actually get something again for the Jets or offsetting. I see Brett Ritchie looks to be skating into the sin bin. I'm going to take a look at it again myself. So Ritchie comes together near the right side glass. There's a slash on the other end as Ritchie delivers a cross check. So Ritchie's got to be going to the box for cross check, and that's what it is. Yeah, Richie, uh, who of course was traded for his brother uh, about a month or so ago at the trade deadline, uh, Nick for Brett. Uh, so Richie is now in the box, yeah. and he was definitely in the mix. Uh, it really since the Rasmus Anderson hits uh, and the Dubois hit against Anderson, I should say. So four on four here for five seconds, and then it's going to be effectively a full power play for the Jets, which will be their first of the night. So we watch those five seconds count down as Elias Lindholm looks to chase the puck. He almost collides with Hellebuck right there, but dances out of the way at the last second. So a minute and 45 on the clock in this man advantage for the home team. Michael Backlund finds the puck and swiftly shoots this one all the way back down. Number 37 in blue with his big paddle. Hellebuck, he takes it and leaves it for a teammate. Now here come the Jets. They have five on the ice. Flames just four. Flames looking to penalty kill for the first time tonight. It's dropped back to the blue line. Sent along right there by Morrissey. Morrissey, someone mentioned by John just a few minutes ago. There's a slap shot on the one-timer. And Markstrom, I think, got a piece of that one. and deflected all the way to the near boards. Now in the high slot, there's a wrister that goes off a body. I think it was Weger that went down for the shot block, John. one ten to go here in this power play. And the centering feed from behind the net misses everyone. So the Flames can take a breath. 
they will likely take a change as well. So Markstrom's come up big in a couple of instances here, John. In fact, it's both of the shots that the Jets have had have been pretty good ones. And now they're going to threaten yet again as the puck is deep and, in fact, behind Jacob Markstrom's net. Now it's taken by Dubé. Dubé unable oh. to clear. The Jets do a good job keeping it in right there. Flames missing opportunities to clear and get the puck all the way down. Now at the far half boards, the Jets are going to send it across. There's a shot right on, saved by Markstrom. He got into a great spot right there, made himself big, and even though he couldn't control the rebound, the Flames were able to find it and clear. So that's the Jets' third shot of the night. They now lead in that category 3-2. to two. Good job by the Flames right there to poke check at the blue line. 12.30 to go here in the first. Cooper Hopkins currently on the play-by-play -play, along with John Ott. On the color side, of course, we'll be switching off, as is customary. 13 seconds to go here in the power play for the Jets. Now, that puck, surprise, surprise, John. We talked about themes tonight. Well, one of our themes of the first period is that puck going up and over the glass and into the crowd. So face-off coming up one more time. Great pass from Shifley as that was a diving shot block on the other end for the Flames that probably negated a goal as he had Nito right, Nito Niederreiter right on the doorstep. The difference in between the Flames power play and the Jets power play so far is they've elected to shoot when they got in between the circles. The Flames passed on some of those and they might regret it. Yes, indeed. I think you're making a great point there. And a good job by Markstrom, not just to make the save, but Chris Tanna was almost partially screening him. Markstrom still found it and somehow keeps that attempt out. At the doorstep was Dubois. It looked like he had half the net to shoot at, and there's Morrissey who puts one in, and that one is gloved down by Markstrom for another save. So, John, with 12 minutes to go here in the first, Markstrom all of a sudden has had so much action and has kept the puck out. Boy, the Flames need to get locked in, and they are lucky as we go to a commercial break. Right. Dubois didn't get all of that feed. He had about half the net to shoot at and whiffed. Yes, he did off of that pass. It looks like he get, as you said, he whiffed at part of that crossbar. Again, another sizzler feed from Morrissey to Dubois right on the right circle. They're getting in those spots. Markstrom been able to make at least three big-time saves that you could argue could have all been goals right now as we go to break. This is getting crazy. Yeah, it is. I think the break's coming at a great time for uh, the, <laughs> the team in white. Uh, I think the Jets probably would have liked to keep things rolling and not take this TV timeout because they've really gained a lot of steam over the past three or four minutes of this first period or so, don't you think? Yeah, they have. And, I mean, you get aided with a cross-check on the other end for Richie. Look, I understand the Jets have made a couple mistakes, especially a very careless one for Dubois. That was a heavy hit, and then Morrissey clearing it over the glass. But that that is my assessment within the first about seven minutes or so. When you have the Flames on the power play and you have those opportunities, they've shown you throughout this 82-game stretch, we're getting pretty close to being able to say all of it, then they've been able to shoot the puck. There was a lot of hesitancy to pull the trigger. On the Jets on the other end, look, they're wheeling and dealing this thing off of their first main advantage, and they've looked good on that. So Markstrom, for as tough as it probably was yesterday against the Blackhawks, he's already made uh, two or three ten-bellers here, Cooper Hopkins. I mean, those were great saves. Yeah, they were, and, you know, we're starting to see. And listen, it was only a matter of time. You know, the Winnipeg Jets, they're in a playoff spot for a reason. You know, it's a good team. They, you know, they, they may not be uh, they may not be the Knights. They may not be the, the you know, the, the, even the Edmonton Oilers right now. But as we get a nice highlight package as we come back here of Jacob Markstrom and some of his talk about 10 bellers, we're seeing yeah. saves from this game and previous games where he has been acrobatic and, and just 
magically making these stops. Well, he's going to have to potentially do it again right now as we are back underneath the action. The Jets now have five shots on the evening. They have possession, but it's taken away right there by the Flames, and they do just enough to flip this one out of their own zone. But, yeah, absolutely, John Markstrom. Looks like he's going to have a busy night tonight unless the Flames do something to change it. And right there, Markstrom called into action yet again. Now, that shot may have been going wide. That came off the near boards, and here comes a turnover. One of the Jets goes down, and now the Flames have the puck. That's Richie behind Hellebuck's net. Now Richie, though, is uh, looks like he went the wrong way, and the puck went the other. So now the puck bouncing free. Flames looking to change on the fly here. That's kind of a weird sequence, but looked like the Flames may have had a two-on-O, but couldn't really corral it in their offensive zone. But there goes Trevor Lewis. He's going to send this one deep. There you see Walker Dewar, one of the young Flames, who's drawn into this lineup pretty consistently. We haven't seen Jacob Pelche in a while, but Dewar is still in there. So number 71, he's uh, being very active right now, this fourth liner for Calgary. He's on there with Milan Lucic, the inverse, number 17 and number 71. Now Dewar's going to backhand this one to Lucic. He will send it along through the curve and all the way back to Troy Stetcher. He flutters one along. I think we have a delayed penalty coming up here. And is it going to be against the Flames yet again? Uh, yes, I believe so. Boy, a lot of physicality here, John. I think it's going to be a high sticking against Calgary. Yeah, that's what it seems like. The hand was in the air immediately as the shot was sent over. And if that's Nikita Zadorov again, he's had a rough night the other night. And again, you don't want to continue to add to that as the Jets looked really darn good on that first power play. Yeah, I think the Flames now have uh, have let the tables turn. They're sit, sort of letting things slip through their fingers here. I don't want to say they had a, a complete grasp of the game oh. by any stretch, but oh yeah, Lucci's, my goodness, right up into Sako Menelainen's grill. I mean, that uh, that is dangerous stuff right there. Again, completely inadvertent, but he did draw blood, John, so you double. see the number four up on the board, a double minor. Oh my goodness, Cooper. It was two power plays here for the Flames, and now it's a double minor, two straight power plays for the Jets. You think they got to get at least one of these the way that they've been shooting the puck? Yeah, and you know you got Shifley out there right now, and he's dangerous enough by himself. But this first power play unit for Winnipeg, yeah, they are uh, they are feeling themselves right now. And Daryl Sutter, he's got his hand up as we look at the Sportsnet feed, kind of up around his collar of the blue shirt that he's wearing tonight. Uh, uh, interesting choices on the on the color scheme there, John. He's wearing Jets colors with a light blue shirt and a navy blue tie. But there we get a little zoom in on Manalainen, who's uh, getting wiped down, uh, getting that face attended to after the cut caused by Lucic's stick blade up in the face. And yeah, there's nothing else to say, John, other than the fact that here come the Winnipeg Jets. Look out. They're 0 for 3 tonight on the power play, but this is a double minor. you got to think numbers are in their favor when they have this much time to work with an extra man. So they come out of their own end. And I didn't mean to step all over you right there. I was going to hope to get some comments from you, but I'm sure we'll have an opportunity. And now play is whistled dead. Chris Tanev appealing to one of the referees. Do we have an offside here? I think that might be the case. Either way, we'll have a face-off. I do want to just throw this out there quickly in between the names. Pierre-Luc Dubois, Kyle Connor, Nikolai Ehlers, Mark Scheifele, and Brett Wheeler. Those are some big-time names for the Jets. You might be thinking about they struggled a little bit this year in a wildcard proponent part of it, but these are guys that can certainly do damage alongside Connor Hellebuck and Nett. This is a good team. Yeah, I think you're right. And if they do end up holding on to one of these wildcard spots, uh, of course we're talking about the Kraken and the Jets of it and the Predators who are still in the mix. The Jets could uh, could do some damage here. I don't think they would be an ideal first-round matchup for anyone. But here come the Flames the other way. Nice job by Michael Backlund to bolt one into the crease. He was looking for Lindholm, and they got a shot on. So a nice 
uh, the shorthanded opportunity right there for Calgary as they go for the change. Here comes Shifley the other way. And the Jets will cross this one to the far side. They look to center that puck, but it bounces off a Uyghur's skate. So the Flames will pick it up, and they have effectively killed 25% of this power play so far. So just under three minutes remaining. As Trevor Lewis is going to look for a wraparound. And now number 27, Nikolai Ehlers, drops his stick. Trevor Lewis doing a good job to Hellebuck's right in the far corner just to pin that puck and kill some time. So here comes former Tampa Bay Lightning man, Stanley Cup winner Blake Coleman, doing a good job on the forecheck right there. But he will skate off as he's at the end of his shift. Six shots so far for Winnipeg, four for Calgary, 0-0 on the scoreboard. 9.20 to go here in the first. Cooper Hopkins with you alongside John Ott as ever. Two minutes and 25 seconds to go here in the Jets' power play. A double minor to Milan Lucic for getting that stick up on Minalainen. And now the Flames yet again, similar theme here. The theme is the theme of the first period, John, are themes. They pin that puck in the far corner, but the Jets come away with it. They snap this one down low. Markstrom puts the paddle on the ice to protect the five hole, but the pass goes back out. And now at the top of the near circle, pass goes back. Now at the top of the far circle, there's a slapper. I don't think Markstrom saw it, but I think he got the right pad on it. And either way, it's saved. But now the Flames battling for it. Can't come away with it. The puck dances along the blue line. Jets are able to keep it in, but a nice check right there. And getting a stick in the way is Dylan Dubé. So a good job by the Flames to move to forward to knock that puck back. And the Jets have to retreat. 1.40 to go here in this power play for the home team. The Jets are now going to carry out from just to Hellebuck's right. They tap this one along for Kyle Connor, the name that John just mentioned. And now at the far boards is Pierre Dubois. He gets this puck over to Nikolai Ehlers. And there's a nice one-timer, and it's in the back of the net, John. You were exactly right, and I hate that you were, my friend. It is one nothing Winnipeg Jets on the one-time goal that sneaks past Markstrom. And it's Kyle Connor, the Michigan man, to be able to get that one done. It was patient puck movement for the Jets this entire four minutes. You wonder if they were going to wear down the flames off the back-to-back. -back. And it's pretty much just simple pass. From side to side, Connor is all alone on that right dot. He can absolutely fire, and it's a perfect shot above the shoulder of Markstrom, and it's one nothing Jets. That was a hellacious slapper. Yep, that was a beauty. Uh, even as a Flames fan, I have to admire that one. That was teed up, and he shot that puck basically from the center of the far faceoff dot. He made no mistake. Goes up and over the glove side shoulder of Jacob Markstrom. Uh, I think any goalie would be hard-pressed to make that save. Uh, Connor had all the room in the world to wind and fire. We didn't get a miles per hour on that shot, but I bet he was touching 90. That was a, that was a screamer. So it is one nothing Winnipeg here. Uh, and as John said, it was essentially a matter of time. You take that many penalties, and especially a double minor. Uh, luckily for the Flames, it was on the second half of that double minor, so the penalty is now over after the goal being scored. But on the seventh shot of the evening, Kyle Connor does get the first goal of the night. So the puck is now touched up, and I'm a little confused as to what was happening right there. The puck was rolling, but I think we have an offside. So the faceoff should come in the neutral zone once we come back from this commercial timeout. Man, oh man. Again, I, I don't know what else to say in the fact for everyone listening or delayed on the side of uh, Twitter Spaces or YouTube. It's, a, it's just something that you could have seen coming from a mile away, Cooper, on that side. Again, it's a double minor. It was back-to-back -back penalties. You just can't do that. We looked at the way over the last five minutes or so that the Jets had moved this thing with the extra man, and they looked lethal.
Yeah, and they really, uh, even at five-on-five play, John, they had just been steadily increasing their pace of play. Uh, They've been snapping crisp passes back and forth, finding passing lanes. The Flames have been doing just enough to keep them at bay. And as we pointed out very clearly uh, earlier in this period, Markstrom had to make some 10 bellers, uh, at least two, if not three or yeah. more. And, uh, and time just ran out. It was going to happen. You could feel it. Uh, you and I have talked about this before. It's just one of those things in hockey where you get a sixth sense after you watch enough of it, you watch enough games, you can just start to feel uh, the, the, the mounting pressure. You feel like a team's going to give one up, and then lo and behold, they do. Uh, and that team happened to be Calgary, and now... Um, you know, it's a microcosm of their season, John. Now they have to battle back. That's what they've been doing all year. Um, they've uh, had self-inflicted wounds. They've let themselves get down in games. Um, you know, and even when they've gotten leads in games. We remember the, the days a couple months back, John, when they would they would come out flying in the first period, maybe get a couple goals, yeah. and then the second period things would start to change, and they would fade away by the third, and their opponents would overtake them. But uh, this time around, the Jets weren't going to wait till the third. They just uh, they took care of business in the first. Yeah, and they're showing uh, Amazon Web Services save cam for Connor Hellebuck. When you get him in the middle of the slot, he is money. 16 saves in the last two games on top of the circles. Yeah, he hasn't really even been tested no. in any serious way so far. So, you know, you got to think that he is ready. That's literally his job, to be prepared. But uh, the Flames, even though they have four shots, uh, are any of them particularly memorable? No. Uh, and uh, Hellebuck has not been called into action in the same way that Markstrom has. So here's the puck now down behind Markstrom, speaking to the Flames goaltender. Anderson battling for the puck right there, along with Shifley. Anderson puts Shifley down on the ice and holds him there. Boy, they are still tied up behind Markstrom, and the Flames are going to come away with this puck as Weger tries to skate it forward. He taps it behind Hellebuck, tries to chase it down, but the Jets will come away with it. Kyle Connor, the goal scorer, pushes it forward, and now the puck is back to the neutral zone. Connor gets the puck back, going to go cross-ice right here. The puck is bouncing, and the Jets will turn back and go for a change as here comes Chris Tanev. He puts on the Jets, tries to skate it forward, and there's a floated shot. I think it was more intended to be a pass, but it was right on goal. Hellebuck has... Going to see shot number five, saves it, and holds on for a faceoff. Cooper, whether this is the most simplistic statement I can make, I'm going to make it anyway. The Calgary Flames have got to increase their activity on the offensive end. Yeah, and you know, John, are you talking about uh, this game, this period? Are you talking about their entire season? I think uh, if you can check all the boxes, uh, if there were boxes to check, I would uh, accept. Uh, yeah, box checked uh, across the board because the Flames' offense has been uh, been really wanting throughout the season. They've, they've left a lot to be desired, and that is certainly the case right now. But they do have the puck as they tip it forward, although they were offside. That was Blake Coleman, who was on the wrong side of the blue line. The Jets will take it over and float it down toward Markstrom. It's picked up right there in the near corner and going to be intended to go back to the point, but stolen there by Coleman, so a good job by him to get in the way of that pass. Brett, excuse me, uh, Richie is going to be chasing this one down, and I think that we have another offside call. So 6.33 here to go in the first, John. It's one nothing Winnipeg, and uh, yeah, you're absolutely right. The Flames need to pull something out of somewhere. I'll let them determine what that is to uh, get this game tied. Yeah, because... I. I'm going to say this for one game and one game only. I know how grueling back-to-backs and travels can be in the sense of it, but if you're going to find energy for one game, considering everything else on the, is on the horizon in the circumstance, you're going to run on just pure adrenaline at this point. you got to get it done. 
Yep, definitely. You got to get it done. Um, and uh, we will find out in less than, you know, less than a couple hours whether or not uh, that's going to come to pass for Calgary. There was a faceoff at center ice that was uh, won by the Flames. Lindholm was battling for the puck down low, but puck is bounced now all the way back down to the Flames zone where the Jets are doing a good job right here on a forecheck and it's going to be taken in part by Niederreiter uh, as well as Appleton. Now the puck bounces through the circles of the far boards. Lindholm looks for the puck yet again. The Flames try to backhand it out, can't do so. So the Jets continue their strong play in the offensive zone. It's held in and flipped along right there where I think it may have hit a body or perhaps it got to Markstrom who paddled it aside. Either way, the shot was put on by Pionk. So the Flames do have the puck now. It's their fourth line, although they are making a change on the fly. But Walker Dewar is out there. He's out there along with uh, Dylan Dubé. The Flames look to throw a check, and that's avoided by one of the Jets there in the far corner. Puck goes through the neutral zone and now is held by Stetcher. Stetcher is going to stretch this pass, and it is deflected off of Trevor Lewis's stick. Picked up by the Jets. They're at the near boards, and the puck is bouncing in the near circle where Dewar finds it momentarily. One of the Jets goes down. I thought we might have had a hooking call right there, but no hand in the air. The Flames keep it in. Nice job by Stetcher just to try to get the puck down low. In the slot was Dewar, but he was unable to find it as the Jets did just enough to deflect that pass away. So five minutes and change to go here in the first period. Eight shots for the Jets with one goal to speak of. No goals for the Flames on just five shots, none of which, as John and I were just chatting about, have been particular heaters. So now here we go. Manjipani on the ice for the Flames. He tries to chase down the puck in the far corner. Hellebuck with his head on a swivel. He sees Michael Backlund skate behind his net. Flames trying to come away with it here. Backlund with a nice stick right there, also with Manjipani. But the puck's taken by Dylan DeMello. First time we've said his name this evening. And the Flames with a nice job. And a poke check at center ice. I think that's Mackenzie Weger who had the good active stick right there. He's going to find Backlund who's make that Huberdeau. But the puck bounces off his stick. Now a bit of a turnover. Picked up by Coleman. But Coleman's canceled out. Nice mild hip check right there. But just enough by Dylan DeMello to push off the Flames forward. And the Jets come the other way. Well, they will just kind of flick this puck down to the far corner. It's backhanded along by Calgary. Now Richie has it. Wearing number 27 on his back. Looks for the backhanded pass to Nazem Kadri. Nazem Kadri uh, drew the ire of many Flames fans for his lackluster performance last night against the Blackhawks. Some turnovers led directly to goals by Chicago that ultimately led to their win. Again, the mathematically the worst team in the league, beating the Flames last night in Calgary at the Saddle Dome. So 3.50 to go here in the first. Jets with a bit of a breakout right here. They get the puck to the near corner and a shot on by Nemesnikov. Not a real screamer, but that's still saved by the glove of Markstrom. And there it is. Jacob Markstrom, John, called into action yet again as the Flames let the Winnipeg Jets break out. Yeah, and it was some good puck movement by the Jets off some stick handles that led to an opportunity for Nemestikov as we go to break. Yeah, we hit the break here, and you know, I'd love to have a, a chat right now. I don't think we're going to be able to do so, comparing the play of Markstrom and Hellebuck in this period, just because of one of the things we've been talking about. Markstrom has had so much to do. Hellebuck is really not. Uh, he's just made a couple of stops on floated pucks from the blue line, and then uh, I think the Flames had that one puck that, of course, went off the post as it was deflected off some bodies during one of their power plays. But other than that, not much to speak of. Yeah, Jacob Markstrom sitting the elliptical while Connor Hellebuck's taking a casual walk. Yeah, that's that's a fair way to put it right here. And, uh, you know, one thing I, I do want to ask you is... Um, you know, if we start to see the Flames fade in this game, um, just keep in the back of your mind what you've seen this period from, I mean, 
this is the easy target, right? It's always the easy target to go after the big names. But after Kadri's performance last night and uh, Jonathan Huberdeau so far in this period, uh, as has been the case far too often, uh, being kind of unnoticeable. I haven't really seen yeah. number 10 do a ton in this first. Um, you know, let's just keep an eye on the, the, those big names for the Flames and, and see what their contributions have been. I agree with you. We'll have to watch on that because the early returns is the fourth line of Dewart and Lucic, and the mix of uh, Stetcher on that end have been the best lines for the Flames, and that's not going to spell success against a team like Winnipeg. No, and I, I'm glad that you mentioned Troy Stetcher. Um, I, there are a lot of Flames fans that are really happy that he's come over and, and now has joined this team. I am one of them. I hope that he remains uh, Calgary Flame. I just liked, I've liked what I've seen so far from him. Um, and now we see on the Sportsnet side the odds to make the playoffs here on April 5th, uh, about less than 20% for the Flames and above 80% for the Jets. So the Flames still unbelievably have some control in changing those numbers, but uh, as it stands right now, it doesn't look good for the visitors uh, as we have 3.39 to go here in the first. Winnipeg up one nothing, and the puck was offside, so we'll have another face-off, John. I know those common ones of the crying Jordan meme. I hate that one, but that's all I can think about when I see that graphic. Boy, when I see that graphic and then they follow up with a close-up of Daryl Sutter, we might as well overlay <laughs> crying Jordan's face onto his uh, suit and tie right there because that's pretty apropos. Good reference, buddy. <laughs> so the face-off in the neutral zone just outside the Jets' blue line bounces around and is ultimately won by Calgary. Rasmus Anderson sends the puck in. It swings all the way around the boards. And right there is Dylan Dubé. I was going to say Lindholm, but guess what? Lindholm is out there as well. So both 28 and 29 for Calgary. The puck slides right there to Nito Niederreiter. Excuse me, Niederreiter. Now there's a shot right on, bouncing in front. But Dylan Dubé can't find the rebound. That was uh, a bit of a, a handcuff right there for Hellebuck. And the rebound was on the doorstep, John, but not found by a flame. And you know who did find the puck is uh, another Winnipeg Jets fan. How many pucks have hit the crowd tonight? I think that's six or seven. Yeah, we're hitting two hands now on that side. And as you talk about Dylan Dubé, couldn't be able to locate that rebound. That would have been something there for Hellebuck that could have been a challenge. That's true. I think uh, even though it wasn't the best uh, or a most high-danger situation right there, the Flames did a good job just to find a shooting lane and get that puck deep. And uh, had Dylan Dubé been able to stretch out his stick, he may have been able to turn around or, or do, give a little mini spinorama for a wrister, but uh, all for naught as the Lucic line is out again with Tanev on the back end for the Flames, and there was a deflected shot that went wide of Hellebuck's net, and now the puck is all the way down in the near corner to Markstrom's right. So Tanev gets bounced off the glass right there. Pretty good check by Mesnikov on uh, big, tough Chris Tanev. And now the puck is floated through the neutral zone. We could have an icing candidate here, although play will continue as Dewar finishes his check on DeMello. The Flames can't find it in the O-zone right there, though. And number 44, Josh Morrissey, sends it around. Puck is in neutral ice, where it's picked up by Michael Backlund. He taps it backwards, and the Flames are on a change, so Troy Stetcher has to skate all the way through his zone from the near boards to the far just to pick up the puck and get it out. A couple of weird sequences in this uh, first period, but the Flames come away with it. Now they have a chance right there, and Huberdeau, John, it happened again. Sure. Had a chance to take a wrister and looks for the low-percentage tight centering pass and with a grimace Huberdeau almost looks confused it, uh, sometimes John I don't mean to be out just outright mean but it just looks like he doesn't know where he is on the ice and uh, he missed an opportunity right there with space 
to take a shot, didn't take it, and the Flames leave another chance on the table. Backlund set you up right on the left side of the dot with the correct forehand shot. You could have wired that over Hellebuck's shoulder. Yeah, that's a tough one. And I know that there was a defender for the Jets streaking across and street, uh, stretching out to try to get a, a, a stick on that in that shot lane. But you know what? If you elevate that puck even yeah. slightly, it's going up and over the stick shaft. Uh, that's a tough one to see, especially with everything on the line here and the Flames somehow still controlling at least part of their destiny. Huberto just doesn't want to take the bull by the horns. And now here's a turnover in the neutral zone picked up by Shifley. And it's going to be skated forward by the Jets. So Shifley holding. He stick handles right there. Good job. Great sound defense by the Flames in the slot. But the Jets will hold it in the O zone. 1.26 to go here in the first. one nothing Winnipeg on nine shots to Calgary's seven. So the Flames right there try to get the puck moving near the penalty boxes. And it's going to be Nazan Kadri on the forecheck. And I think he got a little bit of a deflection on that outlet pass. He's going to get the puck right back. Trying to do it himself here near the far circle. So the center's right oh. there. And a whiffed shot. Boy, my goodness. Richie had a chance from the slot. Really unchecked right there. Couldn't get his stick on the pass. Good check right there as DeMello is bounced. Excuse me, make that peonk is bounced down to the ice. And we are underneath, excuse me, under one minute to play here. Well, again, one nothing Winnipeg. The Flames looking to go for a little extra push here in the last 60 seconds of this first period. But I think we have an icing call. Uh, either way, the play has been whistled dead. We'll see where the faceoff ends up. I want to make a point here real quick. Off of that play that Kadri just made to drop it there for Richie, that was perfect. If Kadri can make more of those plays, I think I'd move him up in the lineup. I understand the defensive concerns for yesterday, but somebody has to be able to make a play to set their teammates up. That was a good one there for Kadri. you got to have some finishers on the ice. Yeah, we do do, and that's a nice play by Kadri who, who got a, his stick in the way of a, the outlet pass from the Jets. He actually ends up finding the puck in the neutral zone and then does most of the work himself, then sets up Richie, and unfortunately, you know, uh, Richie, if he, he's no Johnny Gaudreau, but he can still score goals. He just happened to whiff on that centering pass down low. So 36 seconds to go here in the first. The puck is at the far boards and held in nicely right there by the Jets. They're going to have it in the far corner. Stetcher trying to get the puck away from number 22, Mason Appleton, right there. So that, now it's, I was about to say Backlund, but it's Zadorov wearing 16. He did a nice job checking back in the trapezoid. The Flames are going to come away with it. The Jets have numbers back, but here's Dubé. He has the puck. Going to look to center. It's right through the blue paint, but no one can find it and set themselves up. We do have a hand in the air, John, and it's going to be a penalty coming up against the Jets as we see this period expire with Markstrom on the bench, a delayed penalty will be enforced to start the second. So interesting developments. Even though the Flames are down one nothing, the second period is going to start off in a very intriguing fashion. That is going to be an interesting development. Anything that you want to hit in this intermission here, Cooper, I'm going to let you take the reins because I have a game for you on the other end, and I also maybe have some adjustments because now the power play is ahead of us. So why don't you start first? Yeah, well, John, okay, so one thing I want to talk about here is uh, what – What's been most exciting for me in, as we uh, close out this regular season, and I want to take a look at, uh, I mean, this is not the most, uh, I would not say it's the most um, uh, genius, it's not the most unique thing to look at, but uh, let's take a look at our Western Conference standings here, because mm -hmm. the Colorado Avalanche and their performance 
uh, has been one that you and I have talked about many, many times. And, John, uh, to the credit of the Dallas Stars and to the credit of the Minnesota Wild, uh, they are at 98 points. Those teams are going to cross the 100-point mark. But the Colorado Avalanche also at 98 points, and they are the de facto leaders of the Central Division because they have one game in hand. So I just want to start off uh, following up on something we've we've talked about a number of times. Do you think that the Avs are going to retain that top spot and win the Central this year? I said it a month and a half ago. I'm sticking with it. I'm not changing. The Avs will win the Central. Okay, so that was a simple one, right? We don't need to have a lengthy conversation about that. I, I basically was setting you up because I, I think I knew what you were about to say. That is my opinion as well, and not just because of the game in hand. Uh, I think that they are uh, they're healthy, skating well, scoring, playing good defense. I think they have all their pieces in place for what should be, or at least has the potential to be, another deep playoff run. Um, but, okay, let's move over to the Pacific. Now, things have been shifting a little bit here because, yeah. you know, the, the Golden Knights have been a presence now for months uh, near at or near the top of the Pacific. But the Oilers, John, this is something that we mentioned kind of in our we open did. before we uh, dropped the puck. Uh, what do you think about the Oilers' play right now? And even though they're three points behind the Knights, do you think they have the room, do they have the runway to uh, overtake Vegas and potentially win the Pacific Division? I do, because of their offense still firing on all cylinders, like we said. But no, the unofficial numbers are over 110 goals combined between McDavid and Drysaddle. Let that sink in. And by the way, RNH, you have Uno Dos Trace as far as your power play points leaders for the entire NHL all on one team. They just need to be able to get some extenuous goaltending for the playoff side. But as far as this regular season push... I absolutely do. They've been outscoring everybody like gangbusters. Yeah, you're uh, you're right. You hit the nail on the head yet again. Uh, John, Ott, the expertise uh, is always on display. And all right, here's a here's a question for you. Now, this is, of course, we still have multiple games left. Each team has multiple games left before we close out the regular season. Yeah. Um, things can move. Things will likely move. Uh, you know, the Predators are still in the mix, even though they're sliding away, but the Flames, if they somehow come away with a victory tonight, of course they could move into a playoff picture depending on what the Jets do. Leave that aside for a moment. So let me do this. I want to ask you, this is pretty simple. We're just going to go head-to-head current playoff matchups. If the season ended okay. before tonight's games, I just want to know which team you think wins that series, and if you want to add it, why, if you have a reason. You don't have to. You can just give me the name of the team and we can move on. So let's start in the East. Let's look at what would be, of course, the top seed in the East, the Boston Bruins, no question. They would be, as of today, taking on the New York Islanders. John, the Islanders have been looking pretty decent. Do yeah. they have a chance against a team like the Bruins? So I just want to do one quick clarification, 15 seconds or less. I will have the playoff capsules before the playoff starts when I do all the first round and put that in there. So those will be in detail. As far as my stuff today, it'll be a little bit of a shorter answer. I'll say yes, they have a chance, but I still think the Boston Bruins win it in six. Because Ilya Sorokin can steal a couple of games, I will give the Islanders credit. The Boston Bruins should not lose in the first round. Okay. All right. Yeah, I don't want you to give away, obviously, and nobody should miss your playoff capsules. You always go into detail. You talk about players. You talk about the play of goaltenders, uh, coaching strategy. You look at their regular season mm -hmm. performances. So, absolutely. Uh, any listeners and readers should definitely take in 
uh, John's uh, playoff coverage. I'm just happy to uh, ride this man's coattails, especially when it comes to playoff hockey. He has the uh, the knowledge about all of these rosters. I uh, lean a little heavy when it comes to uh, the team from Central Alberta. So uh, let's just keep it brief. Like you said, John, let's talk about – now, these are two teams. I could just put it this way. Which team, as of today, oh. do you think is playing better hockey, the Maple Leafs or Lightning? Oh, my goodness. That one is so tough on the other end. I'm still going to go Tampa because they've been running roughshod and they've been getting in the stretch. I understand Toronto started up hot, but it's still Andre Vasilevsky on the back-end goal. Whether it's Ilya Samsonov, whether Matt Murray's healthy, give me the lightning. I still think they'll do it. It'll go seven. Yeah, I think you're absolutely right. I agree with that simple assessment. And, uh, yeah, the Lightning, boy, it's uh, it's shades in both in the Eastern Conference and the Western Conference. Makes me think of the Avalanche. Uh, they're doing similar things that the Lightning are doing. They just are, uh, they're, they're moving in the right direction at the right time. All right, so that right now we didn't think that they were going to be there. But, my goodness, yeah. John, the Panthers are in the mix. I think they're running into a buzzsaw in the Carolina Hurricanes. But what do you think, my friend? Florida with Sergei Bobrovsky, he can do it, but he's also shown before Cooper that uh, he might have some bad games. They expected, as we talked about earlier, Spencer Knight throughout the year was going to be the guy. He's been hurt. It hasn't worked out. Carolina can't lose in the first round. Otherwise, there's going to be some problems. So give me Carolina. I think they win in, I'll say, six. Yep, I like six as well, and I like that call also. Now, here's one that I think a lot of hockey fans are excited about. It's certainly yes. one that I'm excited about. If it uh, if it started today, playoffs started today, we'd be looking at uh, we'd be bouncing back and forth, John, between Manhattan and East Rutherford. We'd be looking at the Devils and the Rangers. Now, this one, I definitely don't want you to give away too much. But uh, who do you like when it comes to the Blue Shirts? Versus the New Jersey Devils. Could that be the best playoff matchup that we have in the East, Cooper? Boy, I, that for me it is. I, bar none, for me it is. Um, in that side, here's the big question mark, and I know this is the obvious one we have to make of you. Always got to talk about goaltending for a reason. It is Igor Sesterkin versus Vitek Vanacek. He's had a nice year, but still relatively unproven. We understand what Andre Plot can bring as a plot performer. Jack Hughes is absolutely incredible. But those trades for Kane and Panarin on that end, I'm going to pull a rabbit way out of the hat. I'm going to say the Rangers in five. Wow, I like that. I, I think that's a bold call, but I think that's one that could come to bear. Uh, I think that the Rangers have the have the roster makeup. They have those veteran the veteran presence that you just mentioned. That if even if one name for the Rangers gets hot in terms of goal scoring, yeah, it's going to be lookout New Jersey. They can put goals in the net as well, yeah. but if the Rangers are hot, I like they are that they burn hotter to me than the Devils team. So let's do it quickly. Let's go look at. Uh, well, I'm wearing their hat right now. Maybe it's maybe I'm subconsciously preparing to have to root for the Kraken and not the Flames in the playoffs. Does Seattle, John? Can they? Let, let me ask you this. Now, this might be a little. Uh, Colin Coward, I'm not trying to be a shock jock here. Can the Kraken win one game against the Avalanche? Well, if it's against the Avalanche, I'm going to say yes, but they're not winning the series. I won't go that far. Do you think, okay, if they can win one, can they win two? We'd have to flip a coin on that. I'm leaning no. Yeah, I, boy, it's, 
if Vegas, if, if yeah, if if, uh, if a bookie looked at me and said, all right, over under, Kraken winning one and a half games in the series against the Colorado Avalanche, I'm not sure if I could take the bet at all because I don't know if I'd be able to decide. Um, I think they may steal one at home in at Climate Pledge, but the Avalanche against the Kraken that leans all Colorado to me. And I think you feel the same. So now this is an interesting matchup here. Uh, if, again, if this is this is if it started today, yeah. the all central matchup, John, of the Dallas Stars Love and Minnesota it. Wild. Don't give us too much, but uh, what are you thinking? I'm going to go with uh, Mr. Jake Ottinger in that Dallas line that's been rolling. Minnesota, they've been good of late, but I still wonder about their offense. But that goaltending matchup between Ottinger and Philip Gustafson and uh, Marc-Andre Fleury, that's going to be very good. That should be a great series. Yeah, you could make the argument that that Robertson line uh, with, with, uh, with Pavelski is one of the best in hockey, yeah. I think. Yeah. No, that, that's going to be a fantastic series. You can't miss that one in the West. Yeah, I agree. That is, now I know it doesn't have the same uh, the same sort of star power. I mean, obviously there are stars. It doesn't have the same shine. And excuse me if you hear some noise. There's uh, something happening outside of right. my window right there. But, um, yeah, that stars Minnesota Wild Series. I'm ex- as excited about that one, if it comes to pass, as the Devils versus Rangers. Um now, these Jets, we're, we're covering their game tonight. They would be taking on the Vegas Golden Knights. Um, I might have to ask it the same way that I did about the Kraken. John, do you think the Jets could win two games in a series against the Knights? I'm going to flip this one completely. I think they can beat the Knights. Don't you do it. This is the, this is the controversy our listeners watch. I, I do. This is, what, this is what they're waiting for. Okay, are you saying, okay, then I, I know it's giving away a little. Do you think the Jets can not only do it, can do it doesn't mean will do it. Are you saying the Jets are going to upset Vegas? I'm putting my money down. The Jets will upset the Golden Knights if they get in. Wow. Okay, don't say anything else. We have to read the details. We have to read the why in your capsule. So we finished this off by looking at what would be an all-Pacific matchup, the Kings versus the Oilers. Uh, I'm leaning a certain way on this one. Let's see if you are as well. Uh, why don't you give us your winner? Don't have to tell me how many. Just who do you think is going to take that series if that's the matchup? I will tell you how many only because I'm not changing my thoughts from last year. And if you guys have been following us along, then you know exactly where I lean. I'm still going with the LA Kings. I still think it's going to go seven games. It should be a very good one. With a healthy Victor Arvidsson and Drew Doughty, they did not have that last year. They still went seven games against the Oilers. Oilers are going to score a lot of goals. We might see some seven six six fives. But if you love offense, you're going to like that series. Yeah, no question about it. Now, um, this is just for fun. Let's say your prediction is right. Let's say the Kings win it. Let's say that we have at least two, if not more, high-scoring games. Um, where, let's say, uh, more than eight goals total scored. Yeah. So we do a little bit of rough math. We're working in a hypothetical here. How many points in that seven-game series do you think Connor McDavid would have? Oh, my goodness. Um, you could say 40, and I would be like, yeah, that's probably right. <laughs> 25? 22, 25? Yeah, yep. I would say that, yeah, I think at a minimum you're looking at, you know, probably 16 points and at a maximum, yeah, probably in the mid-20s, which is crazy because that's more than most players could ever hope to score in an entire playoff calendar series, uh, excuse me, uh, calendar year, yeah. right, where they're playing even to the Stanley Cup. 
Um, it's just incredible. Yeah, and that's and you could say the same for Drysdale. You know, you could say, oh yeah, he'd have at a minimum probably fourteen points and at a maximum like twenty or twenty two. The uh, the Oilers are just a machine when it comes to offense. But I like your pick. I like the Kings pick, and I think they get their revenge with a healthy roster. I just wanted to put a couple spicy ones out there because I don't want to say the de facto six for everybody. But I think we have enough time here, so I'm going to go through this. So here's the remaining schedule of the playoff teams in the chase, talking about the Preds, the Jets, and the Flames. Who does take wild card spot numero dos? Again, that might depend on what happens tonight, most likely, but let's just go across it. So... The Nashville Predators, they play Carolina tomorrow on ESPN Plus and Hulu. Then it's Winnipeg, Calgary on Monday, and then they end the season with Minnesota and Colorado. Do you think they have any chance, Cooper Hopkins, to sneak in and take that spot, Nashville? You know, here's why I'm going to say no. It's been in part because we have the luxury of covering this game that we're covering tonight. And I think Nashville's in a tough spot no matter what the outcome is. I think if the Flames win, then it you tighten that race and you start to look at, okay, which of the two teams? Is it the Jets or the Flames? Um, I don't want to be, I don't want to completely assume, but I imagine that Carolina is going to get a win uh, against the Predators in their upcoming matchup. So maybe I'm writing them off to Predators too easily because of my personal bias, because I really deeply hope the Flames can still make a push here. Um, but knowing how low the percentage chance it is of the Flames make, making the playoffs, it's even lower for the Predators. Um, obviously, that could flip. But, uh, yeah, they are definitely up against it. And I think they need even more to break their way that's out of their control than the Flames do. And that's not a good thing. I agree with you. And don't forget, on the other end, their last two games again against Minnesota and Colorado, where the Central is all tied at 98. Those games are going to matter, and that might determine who wins the division. Yeah, you're absolutely right. And, and Colorado will, you know, will sort of know, I think, within the next couple of games um how much effort they need to put out you know if if teams around them start to slip and it mathematically they get locked into that top spot because of the game in hand that we talked about and if they keep piling up the wins um that actually end up may end up affecting uh the flames as well these other teams uh you know who who is uh not taking the night off, but who's able to take their foot right. off the gas? Because the Flames, they do not control fully control their own destiny. Uh, if the Flames are able to win tonight, and that's a big if, they still need Winnipeg, I believe, at minimum, to lose two of their final four remaining games in regulation. I don't have that completely accurate, but I know they need to at least have the Jets lose half of their remaining slate. And that could happen, because that's going to bring it up to this, but it's got to win tonight again. We're in the middle of our matchup in between Winnipeg at the Canada Life Center against Calgary. They're going to play Nashville on Saturday. That's going to have big implications. Monday night will be the San Jose Sharks, but the Jets do end the season on the road in those critical games, as we talked about, Minnesota and Colorado. Again, with so much to play for for those back-end teams, the Jets will have a tough time trying to close it out, keeping their noses clean and winning the last five games, because, again, Minnesota and Colorado are going to make a heck of a push. Do you think the Jets hold it? You know what? It pains me to say this, and I hope I'm not 
speaking it into existence. That happens to us sometimes, John, when we're doing our coverage. Mm-hmm. Sometimes we'll make a suggestion, and it's almost like we're, uh, you know, that we have uh, the the ability to see the future, my friend. But to answer your question, um, I just I do I do think that the Jets are going to hang on. Uh, I think they have earned a playoff spot. They look like a playoff team. And listen, I know Calgary is a bubble team, right? Um, as we said earlier in our first period coverage, it's not like we're watching, you know, we're not watching Winnipeg take on the Knights right now. We're not watching them take on the Hurricanes. We're not watching them take on Dallas, who are, you know, solidly playoff teams and have been for some time. They're taking on Calgary. Calgary has just kind of been in the conversation. They've been in a spot. They've been out of a spot. They've been three places out of a spot. Yeah. They've been in wild card one. But the Jets look to me just the eye test. They look like a squad that is ready to uh, make some noise in the playoffs, and we know how you feel about them in the playoffs as well. Yeah, I'm going big on that one because I like the personnel on the team, but again, I'm still rooting in your corner, Mr. Cooper Hopkins, on that side because Calgary is pretty much my second team, and that's going to close everything out here with the Flames. They will play Vancouver on Saturday. My next broadcast will be Monday when they play Nashville. That could be the last of the regular season, and they close against the San Jose Sharks. So the schedule is in their favor, but they've got to win in regulation today. Yep, you're absolutely right. And if you feel uh, if you feel primed for it, uh, how do you how do you feel about taking this second stanza in terms of play by play? I am down. If you want to do it, let's yeah, go. Yeah, let's go for it. You uh, you take the reins, and uh, I'll sit back and just I'll silently pray that the Flames can at least tie this game and make it interesting. So here's what I was going to lean into. I guess I can do it a little bit of the play-by-play. You go into that locker room, if you're the Flames, you know you had a power play the whole way through. Daryl Sutter, you make your speeches, everyone else out there, who's ready, who wants this, who's hungry, and who can move this puck on the power play the best? That's what you have to start with right now. So Elias Lindholm wins this draw, and we are underway in the second stanza. It's just a one nothing game, but this is the third power play for the Calgary Flames. And the first two, they really did not shoot this puck as this gets cleared all the way down. And that's a curious one because, as we know, with the Flames, they love to shoot the puck and create a lot of offense. But right now, Connor Hellebuck's been as worked as Cooper Hopkins or myself on this side. So this is picked up now Majapani toward the right side wall as this will fall back to Rasmus Anderson, who's curiously still getting booed, and I don't know why. Elias Lindholm into the traffic. It bounces up in the air. Backlund tries to make something happen, and this will go back to Lindholm as he settles it down now near the left dot, looking for a deflection shot, and this will fall back to the right side blue line. Here's Tyler Toffoli into the traffic, and this is going to be a race for the puck, and this is picked up by the Jets. They're going to be able to kill some time here with Lowry off the backhand. He shovels it right into the stomach of Jacob Markstrom, and this will be picked up now by Teapot. This will slowly take this right to left. He'll slam this across the neutral zone boards. This is picked up now by the Jets. They try to get this one out, and they'll be able to do so now. As they'll play this near the left side red line off the backhand, and Huberto trying to take a look to find it, but this will fall back to the defense now with Mackenzie Weger. His stretch pass, and Noah Hannafin will gain the red line, and they'll do the same thing as Huberto throws some body contact down. And now this is going to be a race for the puck. This could be almost a break here for Schmidt. It's he got taken down, but we're still alive right now, as this is with the Flames. They're going to have a four-on-three opportunity, and Nazem Kadri lost it. And now this is another opportunity for Schmidt. Look what I found. He waits. Jacob Markstrom out and then hits the post. 
as this goes now for Richie, and now back to Connor Hellebuck, two chances for Schmidt, and Calgary dodges a bullet on their power play, here's a 200 foot pass, and this is picked up by Zadorov off the ice, my goodness. John, how is it still one nothing? Schmidt, first of all, he catches an edge in front of Markstrom, goes sliding, excuse me, clearing my throat here, because I was... My, my heart was in my throat. He goes back the other way, then picks up a loose puck just inside the Flames' blue line, puts a deke on, Markstrom goes hashik, stacks the pads to his right, and he puts it wide off the outside of the net. Unbelievable. Still one nothing Winnipeg. I don't know how many times you can have a defenseman consecutively and they should make it two breakaways in one sequence as this is picked up now Dylan DeMello off his pass and now Markstrom will play it near the right side wall as Milan Lucic, man, he scored a beautiful goal the other day off of a wrist shot that beat it above the shoulder as this is picked up now by Noah Hannafin and now passed across, and this is kept in on the defensive side as the Jets will gain possession. Pick it up now, Mark Scheifele. He is an excellent player again. He lost his captaincy to begin the year, but still a lot of talent on that end that the Jets can throw it on that first line. As this is picked up now, Lucic trying to be able to throw that body and pry this puck loose as this is all the way back down for Dylan DeMello. Dylan DeMello will pick it up now as the Flames are in the middle of their change. 17 minutes left to go in the second. Drone on here with you now on the par play as we've switched off. Cooper Hopkins is with me. We're taking this in. This is the biggest game of the night right now. Just a small slate of games. Just three to speak of. But this is the playoff implications in most totality. If the Flames can win this in regulation, they're still alive. If not, this might be the end. As Zadorov now. And through the traffic, this goes off of Hellebuck. They try to bank this off his backside, but it'll hold on. Yeah, Tivoli tries to pull a Gaudreau right there, and he actually almost succeeded. He was trying to bank that in. Uh, he was near the right post, and Hellebuck squeezes up against that thing and, and keeps a bouncing puck out. And, you know, one more note on Nate Schmidt's not one but two breakaways. Boy, uh, it's got to be a little embarrassing if you're the Calgary Flames. Not only is that two breakaways for a defenseman in one game, uh, well, it happened in one shift, and it happened while the Flames were on the power play, John. <laughs> Whoops. Two <laughs> Two short-handed breakaways for a defenseman. Here's the bomb. This one goes wide. This is picked up now to the left side of the red line. Vladimir Mestikov trying to locate it. And this is an opportunity for Madripani. And now the Jets will pick it up. This will go back to Vlad. He's been moving his luggage all the way across over the last four or five seasons. This is moving between Winnipeg, Detroit, Tampa, you name it, and Dallas. As this is picked up now near the right side of the red line. This is still a battle for the puck in between the Flames and Jets. And we'll see who emerges with it as it's Majapani. And this will go back. This does not find Ehlers, but he'll get a chance to go ahead and get to it now as he leaves it for the defensive partner, Dylan DeMello. Here they go off the crisscross. Ehlers trying to get around four different Flames. And somehow they still get a shot on Markstrom. As this is picked up near the right side dot, looking for a deflection. The Jets have it now. They want a one-timer pass. That was a good stop by the left pad of Markstrom as he was holding off the short side. Coleman, this is a race for the puck now as the puck goes off his skates. He gets brushed off by some body contact and one of the Flames goes back in to finish their checks as it goes in the other way. Vladimir Mestikov, he gets canceled off. It's a turnover, an opportunity for Richie. And it, the second one scores. Oh, my goodness, the Flames tie Nikita Zadorov. John, I see it. 
usually once a game at minimum. Nikita Zadorov is a defenseman who moonlights as a forward. He loves to pinch in from his spot as a D-man near the blue line, and he did so at the exact right time right there. Richie, not the most fleet of foot, but puts a good wrister on, and the rebound can't be controlled by Hellebuck. It bounces right out into the slot. We're talking dead center in the slot. Richie clears out of the way. Zadorov cleans up the rebound. We have ourselves a tie hockey game. Yes, we do. And if Vladimir Mestikov had an opportunity to get a do-over do on that one, he would have not thrown it into the middle of the ice. It led to a break the other way here for Calgary. And are we taking a look at something, Cooper? Yeah, I think we are, John. Uh, and we are looking at a potential goaltender interference. So there's a coach's challenge from Rick Bonus. And the referees are going to put on the headsets, John. And let's see if Richie makes unnecessary contact with Hellebuck. Uh, we don't have a replay coming up just yet on the Sportsnet feed, but we will get that breakdown for you as we get it. But, yeah, we do have a coach's challenge here, and the refs are looking at it. So Richie in on the right pad of Hellebuck. Now this is before the shot, however, and I will say this on my end, I've just recently seen one of the same similar ones in Toronto where the Red Wings were able to score on a goal like that because it was well enough time after the shot. We'll see what the Zebras rule, as if this couldn't be any more intriguing or gut-wrenching. Yeah, John, I, I, I hate to report my initial read on this one. I think that Rick Bonus might have a case here. I think that Richie did, uh, again, this has been, uh, this has been a, a, a key tonight. There have been some big plays. We talked about the Rasmus Anderson hit uh, that was uh, put on him by Dubois. No intent there. Uh, I'm going to follow through with that theme, which is that there was no intent by Richie to uh, contact Hellebuck in any way. He was just skating out of the way after making his initial shot on goal. Uh, and the puck bounces off the pad. It goes right to uh, the dead center of the slot where Zadorov is. And here we go. We're getting a good shot at Richie with that left-handed wrister. Tries to corral the rebound and then just skates out of the way. Hellebuck's pad happens to be in the area. I'm not sure how the referees are going to make a determination here, but I think that Bonus, all I'm saying is I think Bonus might have a case. I think he does, and the only clarification that we can give all of you right now is the refs trying to determine if Hellebuck had enough time to be able to make that save on the second opportunity from Zadora. That's how we see it. Yeah, and this is one where, you know, a lot of times you and I, we make our opinions clear and known. Uh, we're not afraid to say, you know, hey, I think that's the wrong call. We've seen uh, Flames goals called back that uh, have confused us. If this one is called back, I don't think I would be able to be too frustrated. I also think it is a legitimate goal. Um, I'm Like I'm, I keep repeating, I think Bonus has a case. I know Hellebuck immediately appealed to the referee behind him who was uh, pointing at the net as the puck crossed the line and hit the twine. But, uh, you know, we're all waiting here, and the referees are certainly taking their time with this one. Yes, they are. you got to make sure that you get it right or whatever interpretation rule that you want to use. On the onset, for me... I could see this going either way again. Just my clarification over the last couple of days is I've seen this exact type of goal in between the Wings and the Maple Leafs in Toronto where the Wings were able to score. So I guess it really is up to refs' interpretations. You could make the argument that Hellebuck didn't have enough time to make the save off of a Zadorov chance, but you could also make the argument that Richie was out of the goal crease enough 
as it just went across and brushed before the shot came, still could have been able to slide over was Hellebuck, but he got beat. Yeah, I think that's a fair assessment right there. We'll see if the officials uh, have the same one. Uh, Hellebuck is just skating, waiting like the rest of us. We, I think, uh, oh, I was about to say that they were putting the iPad down, but no, it's interesting also to see on the Sportsnet feed here, the referees' bodies have separated a little bit, and we can actually see the angles that they're looking yeah. at on their iPad there. And, uh, John, I think they've seen enough, so I'll let you take it away, my friend. We'll see if it's a good goal. Goaltender interference, no goal, Nikita Zadorov. We are back to one nothing Jets. Yeah, John, I just... This has been the tale of the Calgary Flames season. They just, uh, even when they find it, even when they find an opportunity and they convert that opportunity. I mean, how many times in the games that we have covered, uh, and I know we haven't covered every single Flames game, but now is this fourth or the fifth goal in, just in our coverage that the Flames have had uh, wiped off the board? This is over a stretch of two games, Cooper. Yes. Yeah. It's just uh, it's a, a difficult situation. I, I don't know how a team continues to overcome things like this, but they're going to have to as the Jets take over now in the flame zone. So Markstrom's pass, it was picked off by the Jets, and now Dubé trying to find it as this is brushed deeper in the zone. Markstrom have to make a play. It bounced off. He's down. He's got to get back into the goal crease. And this one goes back into the defensive side. My goodness, the Jets weren't able to locate it as this is picked up now. So... Keep bracing for impact here. This is going to be a wild game as this is played off the backhand. Tyler Toffoli tries to pick it up to the right side boards. And now his back pass this is a good one. This should be Lindholm with a chance to chip this ahead. As this tried to get picked up now by Dylan Dubé. He gets caught in a little bit of a headlock as he took some heavy contact. And Shifley and Morrissey, they almost turn this over. And now this is a chance for a two-on-one. Look out here. Nito Niederreiter, good diving shot block by Mackenzie Weger. And another one followed up on the end from Majapani. As that should have been something that could have happened, but the Flames beautifully cut that off. Now Backlund, here's Huberto, and he dropped past it right to Kyle Connor. My goodness, it's a two-on-one. Here's Shifley, pass across, what a save, Markstrom, as it's shot wide. And oh my goodness, Huberto's got to be thinking his lucky stars. Two-on-one the other way, stars! Bajapati! John! What are we watching, John? Know. This is, I can hear your voice echoing in your room, my friend, and I am trying to, I have neighbors. Oh. I can't believe I didn't just blow out the window panes with a scream of joy. I can't believe the sequence we just watched. Jacob Markstrom makes an absolutely unfathomable save, a stop that should have been an easy second goal for the Jets. He closes the door with just inches to spare, and the flames come the other way, and it's Michael Backlund and Mangiapane. I thought Backlund was shooting the whole way. He goes to Mangiapane, who scores at the inside of the left post, and now, John, boy, you and I what are both going to... What is going on? Absolutely. I've just seen this now as the, the cameras cut away from the replays. Multiple scrums near the players' benches. Well, this game's certainly taken on a whole new tenor, and again, I... I have to say this, Cooper, and I'm saying this officially for the broadcast. Jonathan Huberdeau got absolutely bailed out. Again, maybe it doesn't turn on a goal on the other end, but it certainly wouldn't have had to been a save like that for Markstrom as he shoved uh, Dubois, I think, in the head. He didn't like it. What is happening? So Dubois, 
He got cross-checked in the back of the head by Jacob Markstrom, and that's what started it all. Get some, Marky. Yes, he did, and the, the, there's, a, there's a there's a there's a like a an electronic music group. It's I think they're called Swedish House Mafia. You just drop the house, and the flames are basically the Swedish Mafia. I don't think Jacob Marstrom, who of course is a Swede, uh, was very happy with Dubois putting a hit on his fellow countryman Rasmus Anderson in the first period. So when given the opportunity, Marstrom cross checks Dubois in the back of the head, and then. Dubois takes a shot at his pad, and Chris Tanev goes after Dubois. You had multiple players in the mix right there, but boy, we are getting another replay right here. And who was fooled on that play? Boy, it was Brendan Dillon. He and the entire arena, as well as you and I, thought Michael Backlund was going to fire a wrister on. Nope, he passes a snap right across to Manjapani, who makes no mistake and ties this game. And now we have the referees with the discussion, and Chris Tanev in the box, Lindholm looking for an explanation, along with Josh Morrissey, John. There is a lot to talk about here. I wonder if Tanev is going to serve a penalty maybe put on Jacob Markstrom, but that's complete conjecture on my part. So now we're seeing, now we're getting multiple camera angles. Boy, Terrell Snutter looks, you'd think there'd be some joy, <laughs> but no, he looks pretty disappointed. We got Tanev in the box, and I believe we have Dubois in the box as well. Because Tanev must have seen, I don't believe Tanev was on a shift, but I think he saw the exchange between Markstrom and Dubois, and as soon as he was able, he hit the ice, and uh, I think he was ready to uh, wipe out Dubois. So they're both going for roughing, I believe. So Neil Pionk and Chris Tanev, it also has Pierre-Luc Dubois listed as well on the ESPN side, so will we get a four-on-three? We will find out here. There is still some talking in between Daryl Sutter and the referees on that end, but it looks like Jonathan Huberdeau, Neil Pion, Chris Tanev, and Pierre-Luc Dubois all at 6.06 in the second period. Yeah, and we're seeing a little more here as Rasmus Anderson is mixed up with Pion. Dylan gets mixed up with Uyghur. Uyghur still had his glove on, but took a shot at, I believe, Dylan. So Uyghur now skating. Is Uyghur going to sit as well? It doesn't look like it. Boy, we're just trying to sort this thing out, John, and uh, and we have, now, okay, here we go. Tanev in the box, Huberto in the box for the Flames, Lindholm and Shifley are awaiting explanations from the referees who are talking to one of the booth officials who sit between the penalty boxes, and we know for sure that Dubois, is it Dubois in the box for the Jets? Is that all we know so far? Right now, I see Neil Pionk and Pierre-Luc Dubois on the ESPN ticker at 6.06. Wow, so this is really taking a turn here now. Lindholm looking for an explanation from our head referee. He's getting something, and I think they're just trying to clarify, <laughs> okay, who's getting a penalty and who's not. So, yeah, we got Huberdeau, Tanev, and John, I'm only seeing one jet in this box here. Same thing for me. So yeah, we'll, this is interesting. Yep, so we will sort this all out right now. What we do know that is sorted officially it's 1-1 one, one from a Majapani goal from a backland feed. And that sequence, I know that there's a lot of games in the regular season. That was one of the most electrifying goals we've had to date. Yeah, that 10-second that period of this or, or, or span in this game with Markstrom shutting the door when I think both you and I fully expected it to be 2 nothing Jets. And then seconds later, oh, and here's Markstrom also squirting water at the ball. <laughs> He's just... He's pulling out all the stops, 
to harass number 80 in blue. And so, yes, I think Markstrom gets credited for a penalty. Yes. So for potentially Huberto serving a penalty that is credited to Markstrom. So let me just update this on the ESPN side, whether or not it's correct or not. It says, Chris of roughing for removing opponent's helmet. Jacob Markstrom for roughing, Jonathan Huberto with a minor, and Pierre-Luc Dubois is the one in the box. Understood. So we have a face-off finally at center ice, John, and uh, we have uh, a two-minute power play now for the Winnipeg Jets. So here we go with Shifley. We'll see if all of this is turned down or turned back up. Here's Morsey cross past Connor. Down was Markstrom. He made the save with the right pad as the Flames clear it down. Again, he was on his heavily padded wallet there, but he made the save. And now here's an opportunity for Morsey going left to right. The Jets are pretty much in the all blue. We're at the Canada Life Center right now. This is a win or go home, essentially, for the Calgary Flames, unless they can win in regulation. Overtime win's not going to help much on that side. So you got to be able to deny the Jets the points because they have a game in hand. Just 17% on their power play at home. That's 29th out of 32 in the NHL. That is very curious considering the personnel firepower that they have on the ice. Maybe I'll have to rethink my Vegas prediction if that comes into it. Zadorov lost it in between his legs, but he was able off the second effort to clear this one down as Hellebuck will play it. He's only got Majapani behind him on the other end, and Hellebuck now will leave it here for Neil Pionk. So 45 seconds left to go on the power play. One for three on the power play against the Devils. Last time in their matchup, it was a 6-1 demolishing. As it's Pionk now, near the right side wall, near the right dot, they'll crisscross. Pionk still with it as he throws this D to D, and this goes Wheeler off the embankment, and this is put back around the left side of the end boards now. As the Jets, they have puck possession in behind the net. They're looking dangerous, and Wheeler will throw this across. As picked up off the backhand, Mackenzie Weger just trying to get in the way and the Flames able to clear this one down. The shot board is 12-11 now in the favor of the Flames. It's been a very low amount of shot board, but the saves that have been had to made by Markstrom, you can mark at least five of those of 10-bell variety as we get an icing call or a hand pass. Yeah, I think it's a hand pass right there. A bit of a weird stoppage, but we will get a face-off. And yeah, John, you made a couple of good points there during that sequence. Uh, the Jets looked like they were setting up for something dangerous there, but as was the case in the first period, the Flames did just enough to hold them off uh, in their defensive zone and get some timely clears. And yeah, it looked like Zadorov was going to be uh, turned around there for a minute. Luckily, he turned just the right way, found the puck uh, near his backside and gets his stick on it and whips around to make the clear. So yeah, the biggest point, though, uh, is, is not who's making the clearances, it's who's making the saves. Jacob Markstrom, really the only reason that the Flames are still in this hockey game and uh and surprisingly almost stunningly my friend it's actually tied 1-1 it is because when you look at it again you look up from the outshoot it's just 10 of 11 for markstrom and 11 of 12 for hellebuck but the stat lines on the espn page are not going to tell you what we're seeing on the ice this is a very scintillating matchup cooper and i knew it was going to be rashed up a little bit but i didn't expect us to turn the uh the bass and the boom all the way up to 11. We've, we've cranked it past that point. 
Oh, yes, we, we certainly have. And both these teams have cranked it up, too, with the physicality. I mean, they are uh, they are going at each other's throats right here. They seem to have settled down just a little bit because we're working with special teams right now. I don't think either team wants to get too wrapped up in uh, in just the checking game. But, you know, when we're back to five-on-five, five, we're going to see some, uh, some shoulders thrown, some hips thrown. We're going to see some glass rattled because uh, this has the feel as the, the Flames have gotten closer and closer and the Jets are trying to hang on. So has the feel of playoff hockey, doesn't it? Yes, it does. I mean, this is the biggest game of the season. We talked about how many times can we say that. Well, officially it is now, as we said that in the Open. But this might be one of the biggest games of the year across the board in the NHL. And what's really nice in the sense of it is it's a very small schedule, just a handful of games on TNT. This is the one that's going to be the cream of the crop that everyone's going to have your eyes on. As you said, Cooper, if you want any sort of intrigue, you're dialing into this matchup because the other ones on TNT, well, that's already decided as far as playoff implications. You are right, my friend, and uh, with 11.45 to go here in the second, the puck is down behind Markstrom. It's actually an icing against the Jets, and I don't want to step on your toes in terms of play-by-play, -play, but uh, we just happen to Jump back abruptly there from our commercial break, and now we'll have a face-off on Hellebuck's side of the ice. So 13 shots to 11 in favor of the Flames. They've just tied it up with a gorgeous goal in between Backlund and Majapani. Again, please rewind in the sequence, and I'll make sure I put the highlights in there. It's Coleman's opportunity that gets stopped five-hole by Hellebuck. But that sequence of about 15 seconds, that could be a modicum of the season because it was one of the best of the year. Yeah, no question. I mean, and really, either way this game goes, John, that barring something truly spectacular, I mean, it's going to have to be miraculous almost to, to top that. That's going to be a turning point in this game and potentially in the fate of the Flames when it comes to their playoff lives. Absolutely. Now near the left side of the red line, the Jets will be able to gain some offensive zone time as Markstrom able to make a play as we get the Flames fan that is uh, waving the hands at the Canada Life Center. Here's Kadri as he'll make the pass across the right side blue line. Now off the back, it was Richie looking for a pass, and the play is blown dead at 11:18. Yeah, John, I think we're going to have another penalty here. It's a hooking call, and we have a camera shot here on Rick Bonus. He looks a little confused, and Samberg is uh, he is surprised and doesn't matter though he's going to the box for a hook that must have been behind the play because we had Kadri working in toward Hellebuck and uh, I didn't see him get hooked but either way Sambring let's take a look at this one so here's Kadri actually yes indeed so it was I thought Kadri just whiffed on that centering feed from behind the net but it was Sandberg that tied him up with a hook that might have been a good penalty. Again, that's not always something you want to say about penalties, but Kadri was in a dangerous area. He does win the draw. It's Weger now, as the Flames can sit up on their power play. This will be their fourth. Jonathan Huberto, you got to wonder what's going on, and I hate the, hate the fact that I always keep saying that. Is Noah Hannafin off the pass. This will go right to the Jets, and this is flipped down. The penalty box is getting a little crowded, Cooper, on that side in this game as we have 10-55 left to go in this middle frame. It's now 1-1. Huberto here for Kadri, and this is a short side angle, and Richie's going to run into Hellebuck, and that might draw some attention. And it certainly does. You can see Dylan in there again. Appleton is also uh, going in just to survey the scene. But Hellebuck, he's going to pop off the blocker. Hopefully no injury there. Just looks like he's trying to shake it out a little bit. But Richie was breaking toward the net. He actually got pushed into 
the goaltender by Manalainen, I believe. So I don't think Richie, you know, you might expect him to be trying to mix it up, but uh, it looked like he was stopping short, trying to be respectful. And either way, the Flames are going to have the ozone draw, but the Jets come away with it. So now the Commerce Township Michigan native netminer, Connor Hellebuck, he's got to be back on his toes here as this is picked up now for Lindholm. And he blew a tire a little bit, and this is going to allow Rasmus Anderson. He's going to hustle back. This goes off the face of Markstrom, and this is picked up now. Another shorthanded opportunity for Winnipeg, and out of their 12 shots, maybe five of them are with the man disadvantage. And this is picked up now between the circles. This is kept in by Rasmus, who's still being booed. And this is picked up now between the circles. What a pass! And that was sent across off the one-timer, and that was saved by Hellebuck and cleared down the ice. That was one of his better saves of the game. Yeah, I'd say it was his best, John. That was an incredible left pass stop. So Rasmus Anderson now, as the Flames still trying to get settled here, Elias Lindholm trying to make an easier play, but this gets sent back down the ice to Markey, and he's got it now with 30 seconds left to go on the Flames power play again. They're fourth, and this is picked up now by Rasmus Anderson. It's Richie. Now in the mix with Wigger. Wigger trying to keep this alive on the right side wall. This gets bounced out of the air by some hands. Diving play. Gets this over to Huberto. Let's see what he does with it. Now he plays this in behind the net. This goes back to Jonathan, but maybe not quite as he's trying to keep that body alive. This is around near the left side red line. As Huberto plays this across the wall. Kadri, he's just going to turn and fire. And Hellebuck makes the save. Yeah, so the Flames do get a shot on right there. It was sort of bouncing toward Hellebuck, and it wasn't, uh, wasn't the hardest shot. But I'm really keeping my eye on uh, Jonathan Huberdeau here. He just seems to be frozen in place, John. It's like you, we can almost hear the wheels yeah. in his head turning uh, as we take, get another look at Elias Lindholm. We got a great pass across. That was right through the uh, crease, a sauce pass that landed right on his tape. And boy, if he elevates that another four inches or so, that's probably 2-1 flames. But Hellebuck answers the call right there, his best save of the night. Yes, he does. And I'm going to say this with the, the easiest and nicest way I can say it, because I love working with you. But the point that you just made, it was a good one. If you can see the gears turning in the head, and we can see this with our eyes of what Huberdeau's play is going to be, how do you think the opponent feels on that side when they see it at a million miles an hour faster than we do? They'll pick up on you and dissect you in an instant. Yeah, yeah, and you know what? I, I, I'm really still surprised that uh, Marstrom hasn't been dissected any further, to use your word. Uh, I mean, how many shorthanded chances have the Winnipeg Jets had? Uh, I mean, Schmidt alone has had two, and they weren't just chances, they were breakaways. And then we just had a shot going off of Markstrom's mask. Uh, so on the penalty kill, he has to make yet another, or excuse me, on the power play, Markstrom, he has to make another save for the team in front of him. And uh, it's got to be four or five shorthanded chances for the Jets. That is not a recipe for success at any point and for any NHL team. It's crazy. And the Flames are lucky it's still tied. Yeah, I would say so. I want to get to this funny comment by the unofficial Joe Rogan because I just want to read this out loud. He was just talking about the the play that went the other way from the Zadorov no goal. He goes, imagine a basketball game where you need to review every point at 50 different angles. Don't get too excited. It's going to be 20 minutes before we get our definitive result. <laughs> <laughs> uh, yes, indeed. A fair observation. No question about it. Uh, yeah, John, it's... Uh... 
this is an interesting one here. The, the heat has definitely been turned up, and the Flames have uh, a, a lot of hope here, but they have to continue to play sound offensively and defensively. As there's Walker Dewar looking for a centering pass right there. Hellebuck momentarily out of position. Nine minutes to go here, John. I'll let you pick it back up. So now the Flames trying to pick this one back up after a Dewar shot, and they will get this near the left side of the red line. It's a pass. It looked like a good one, but it didn't connect. And now it's a three-on-two. Here's Shifley. Shifley will pull this back. Here comes the bomb. This goes off the end boards. Connor with an opportunity. And I think it was blown dead before that. I wonder what the Jets are thinking about. 848. Yeah, I'm curious. We've had a couple of these stoppages that have been a little unclear. Do they think that the puck was underneath Markstrom's pad? Uh, I don't think we have another penalty coming up. And I do believe we're back to five-on-five five here. But, uh, yeah, the referees blew that dead after Markstrom made the save. They must have lost sight of the puck. From what we know, there was a big-time bomb on the other end from Orsi. And, wow, we're getting more between Lewis and Pierre-Luc Dubois. Now Lewis is going to go to the box. Now we see why the whistle was blown, and Daryl Sutter looks none too pleased. The Flames keep retaliating, and they keep getting whistled for it. They cannot continue to give the Jets no. these opportunities. Two more minutes of power play time for the home team, John. Man, Pierre-Luc Dubois is going to be one of the dark horses here, maybe, if the Jets do win this game because he's just getting the Flames rattled. As this is picked up now by Kyle Connor near the right side wall, but a good close out there by Lindholm. It's back when he's in a one-on-three. He'll fire from about 80 feet, and this goes off the left pad of Connor Hellebuck. I haven't really seen that too many times where one player can coast another team into getting penalties like that so consistently. And this is picked up off of the backhand. Here's Ehlers with a ripper, and this one gets blocked. Backlund has it now, and he'll make the safe play as he flips it down. So Backlund certainly doing his job, and the Jets are on the power play yet again. I mean, this is about four power plays aside between both of these teams, and the extra man's not been so kind. And this is picked up now near the right side of the faceoff dot, and this will be played off the embankment. More like a pull pass here for Hellebuck. Now the left side of the red line as this gets recollected by Shifley. Number 55, patient off his backhand. He'll find the Michigan man and Kyle Cotter from Shelby Township as this is picked up here for Noah Hannafin. Now Dubois, he will spin. He's got space near the left side dot. That was a serious rocket of a snapper, about 85. And this is picked up now for Connor. Connor trying to get this now near the right side dot. The Jets look dangerous again. They have all sorts of puck possession. Pionk sends this across. Now near the right side dot. Here comes a one-timer. That was a good save by Markstrom into his stomach. And Connor able to collect. Now down 25 seconds. A deflection. Markstrom makes the save. Yep, Markstrom collected. Calm, cool right there. Doing what he needs to do. 24 seconds to go here on the Winnipeg power play. And uh, this was, uh, John, is this their fifth man advantage of the night? I think they're one for four going into this two-minute advantage. So, uh, yeah, this is their fifth, I believe. I'll have to pull that up officially, but I believe you're correct. The fifth on the Jets side, the fourth for the Flames. Yes, that is indeed what it is. Well, Markstrom continues to answer. It's still 1-1, 7-12 to go here in the second. Faceoff going to come to Markstrom's left. Michael Backlund, who you rightly mentioned, is having a solid game as he has had so many of those for the Flames this year. He tries to win this faceoff. It's tied up near the dot. So Zadorov tries to get a piece of it now after one of the Flames will dive, and this is picked up now by the Jets again. They've still got 
10 seconds to work with on the man advantage. This will go D to D side. Now near the left side of the wall, Lindholm able to brush through some of the contact, but this is kept in. Now near the left side of the red line, it's centered out in front, but this goes wide. Picked up now by Pionk. He'll fire short side, and Markstrom able to hold on to that right post as this is picked up by the Flames. We'll see if they can break out right to left. Lindholm. He'll gain the line as he wraps this around the embankment, and we get yet another stoppage. Now that has to be an offside this time, right? I'm gun, I'm gun shy saying and trying to make any claim about why we're getting stoppages because uh, it's most likely going to be a penalty. I'm not saying we have one of those right now, but uh, there's there's been a lot of special teams play tonight. As, uh, yes, I think we did have an offside, so it'll be a face-off in the neutral zone. And normally I will say this, I'll be much better as far as uh, calling out what I see, but there's been so much trepidation in between penalties, offsides, hand passes. You didn't even know what to call in this game. It's been absolutely insane as it's 1-1 with 6.20 left in the second. Well, we do know the Flames have just recently tied it, and somebody got a helmet dislodged there on the other side, and that blows play dead. Yeah, that was Stetcher who took a big hit right there, and I think his, uh, I think his noggin just rebounded off of the glass i don't think we're going to get a penalty right here that just looked uh, that looked a little violent if i'm being honest yes it did and we're still going to be underway here through the neutral zone but again as cooper and i mentioned in between all these stoppages usually you could flip a coin in between an offside or a hand pass or a penalty you need about six of these they've all been different variations so it's adam lowry against nazim kadri kadri wins it clean he's been pretty good in the face-off circle tonight as this one gets blocked this will go right back to the defensive side and they'll fire it again near the left side red line flames trying to get possession here dylan DeMello trying to cancel them off the puck and now nikita zadorov has to get off on his back skate as it's a two on two essentially and this is shot wide and off the end boards, picked up by DeMillo. This will allow to be some more possession there as Baran had to absorb a hit from Nikita Zadorov. And now here's a stretch pass. This is a decent one as Richie, Nick Richie, will have it now. We'll see what he does with it near the right side wall. He didn't get any reinforcements there. Now this will be a three on two for the Jets as they're patient near the right side of the wall, and Stetcher and Tanev, they're able to close that one off. Tanev's got it now. He'll drop it in for Nazem in full flight down the left-wing side. Nazem will throw it right into the webbing of the catching glove, a hellebuck, and he'll hold on. Yeah, John, you know, let me ask you a question. Maybe this is just recency bias and knowing that Nazem Kadri struggled last night against the Chicago Blackhawks. Boy, we see a replay of that Stetcher hit right there. Yeah, he took a knock from Bonner, excuse me, Barron, and uh, his, uh, his helmet almost popped off. Luckily, he had the strap tight uh, so he kept his lid on but Nazem Kadri it doesn't seem like he I don't want to say it's not that he's not engaged but it doesn't seem like he is uh, at 100% again making no claims I'm not saying that it's injury related but are, are you seeing the, the Nazem Kadri that you're used to in, in a game that's in, as, as important as this one no, I'm not. And again, this may be a bit of time. Well, I will make a claim, maybe. Do you? We remember the game, because we did this one, where he took that monster hit against Jacob Truba and the New York Rangers. I know it's a couple months ago, but yeah. ever since then, Nazem Kadri hasn't looked right. 
Yeah, there might be something to it. And of course, uh, as we reach this time of the year, when we hit the spring, uh, you know, there are there are teams that, you know, obviously do not make the playoffs. And we learn about uh, the ailments their players have been fighting through uh, for many years. Gosh, that was Sean Monaghan for the Flames. And of course, uh, he had such a good season uh, with his new team, the Montreal Canadiens, and then uh, had a, a groin injury that took him out um, in December. So that uh, makes me think of Sean Monaghan for the Flames in, in in past years and you know we're going to find some things out about the flames and you know you don't want to just chalk it up to uh to physical ailments but that could be the case Nazem Kadri took arguably the hardest hit of the year yeah. uh, that Truba, uh, Truba delivered against him I, I'm just wondering on that end because I know that there's a lot of speculation and again I try not to buy into all of that we try to call everything as straight down the middle as we can a lot of flames fans are not feeling a lot of hope for Nazem Kadri but I've seen enough of his track record in between Toronto and Colorado. I understand much different personnel on that end, but he's a guy that came out like a gangbuster at the beginning of the year. He doesn't look like that guy now, but that guy's not gone. He's just not here right now. Yeah, I think you're right. And, you know, fortunately, we've seen uh, Walker Dewars had some jump. Michael Backlund's having a nice game. Uh, Manjipani with the goal. I've loved Mackenzie Weegers play tonight. Uh, and again, I. I I know we both will continue to keep an eye on them, but number 10 and number 91 in white, that's Huberdeau and Kadri. Let's see if they make some contributions. Also, Toffoli's been a little absent, so let's keep an eye on him as we have 5.05 to go here in the second action underway once again. No, you were 3-for-3 three three on the bullseye on that side as it's five minutes left to go here in this middle frame. And again, I felt a little bit of an elevated heartbeat. It's starting to settle down a little bit now, but that's probably only because of the scoreline. Majapani trying to make a play, and now this could get pushed the other way. Kyle Connor, here's a good drop pass, good stop, Markstrom! And another sliding stop by Markstrom! John, I'm going to say it as simply as I can. Jacob Markstrom wants to make the playoffs. If there is a single Calgary Flame who is going to determine whether or not this team gets into the postseason, he's wearing number 25 and he's got big old pads wow. on his legs. I can't believe it. He makes a huge stop. That is Shifley with an absolute rocket from the top of the circle. And then he has to get that rebound that he kicked aside. Rasmus Anderson unable to finish his check. Markstrom dives across. Keeps a puck out that may, if he's lucky, go. Th it might have gone through the blue paint, but either way, he had to make a stop, and he made two. Markstrom on fire tonight. Yes, he is. It's been the bounce back effort, and Cooper said they've had to have all of it right now. As the Flames, I won't say that they're up against it, but it feels like at times the Jets have certainly made this play feel one-sided with the amount of danger opportunities. I can say that for sure. As Mackenzie Weger now tries to find this near the left side of the red line. This will go back D to D. Neil Pionk will settle it down. Markstrom will knock it aside with the right glove, but this will stay with the Jets and stay in as this is picked up now off of a great-looking back pass, and that was an opportunity, but now the Flames able to intercept, pick it up near the right wall, as they'll fire this off the embankment. Tyler Toffoli trying to get a body contact in there. The Jets will join in. It's about two blue jerseys and just one red and white, and this is picked up now near the left side. This is still being battled for right now as somebody got absolutely bowled over. That was Toffoli. Dubé tries to emerge with it. This will go back to Tyler Toffoli, who was just able to get up with no one next to him. And now Dubé sends this back and toward the line. It's Nikita Zadorov. Got to let this one go. He does. And Connor Hellebuck makes the save. 
not the easiest save right there as we see Zadorov kind of tap his stick blade against the glass in a bit of disappointment. I think number, big number 16 in white, uh, he had a clear shooting lane right there. He was able to get it past the defender. Hellebuck in the right place, though. No, not the hardest save in the world, but, uh, you know, that's a seeing eye shot potentially that number 37 stops. And, uh, boy, yeah, Toffoli got dragged down in that near corner, which you commented on, John. I thought we might see a penalty right there for interference, but uh, the stripes let him play on. When we're seeing a penalty on everything else, it's pretty much fair game by you to bring that up. We'll see if Nazem Kadri can win another draw. I mean, he's been really good tonight on that end, and this is picked up now. This can't be held in by Hannafin, and this will be a race back for the puck for the Flames to recollect. It's Chris Tanev, and now picked up here by Nazem. Nazem will gain the entry off of a pass as this is picked up by Blake Coleman, trying to keep this alive off the backhand, but he's knocked down near the right side wall by Kevin Stenland. And now this will be an opportunity for Noah Hannafin, and this is in between the back skates of Nazem Kadri. That would have been a tough one the other way. And this is going to allow the Jets to be able to kill some more time as Wheeler able to make a pass. And now back in there for Stenland. So they've mixed up the lines a little bit for Rick Bonus's squad. And now Christopher Tanev has it now. Good work by Stenland as he's just trying to harass Tanev. He's had a pretty good shift. And this is picked up now on the other end where this will go back to Christopher. And he'll give a chance to take a breath as it's Noah Hannafin now. We'll have to spin near the right side. Now Kyle Connor in on the forecheck. Be an opportunity here for Walker Dewar. Play this here to Tanev off the wall as this gets picked up into the neutral zone. Dewar trying to get this in between his legs. It's Milan Lucic near the right side wall looking for Dewar. And that was a good looking opportunity but just brushed aside there by the Jets defense. Mackenzie Weger almost gets stick lifted. Fights through with Rasmus Anderson. Just a quick boo that time as he got the pass off. Now on the left side Lucic trying to center it out in front. And this goes here for Wager in the middle of the circles. Walker Dewar, patient, good-looking pass. Got to put this one on net. Now they're going to elect to try to make something happen off of a back pass. But the Flames keep it alive. They have it now in the middle of the circles. Played off the backhand. It's Rasmus Anderson with a severe pinch. He's on the left side red line. Tries to fire it short side, and then his stick brush will go right to the Jets. Picked up now by Shifley off the backhand. It's Connor. Wager trying to close him off, and now it's Rasmus Anderson. He can get that race to the puck, but Shifley trying to get a windmill dig, get a stick battle in there where Big Milan Lucic has it now. 1.20 left to go in this second is Neil Pionk. We'll pick it up. The Flames were pretty much at the end of their shift on that one. Here's an outstretch pass from about 80 feet, but it's intercepted by Nikita Zadorov. Now Michael Backlund has it near the left side wall. He spins past a hit. Picked up by Majapani, Jonathan Huberdeau is pinched in behind the office of Connor Hellebuck. And now it's Backland on his backhand as we'll send this back to Nikita Zadorov. He'll go D to D with the pass as Stetcher. He looks to be patient and Huberdeau deflection. That gets canceled off. Here's Stetcher again. It's Huberdeau back to Troy Stetcher. Stetcher now does Zadorov have to play this off the window. And this will be a race for the puck right now. We'll see who's got more gasoline left. It's Morgan Barron. He's got it now on his forehand. As it's 35 seconds left to go, DeMello gets punched off the puck as this is still with the Jets. Now toward the right side off the top of the circle. Here's a half pirouette spin. The Jets will let it fly, and this goes just to the wide of the right of the crease. And now picked up with 15 seconds left in the neutral zone as we will see what happens now. 
Huberdell pass attempt. He'll pick it back up now. He absorbs a hit. Now down to five seconds. This, this is still in the neutral zone. And this is essentially going to end the second period. We are tied at one. Wow, John, and the Jets almost come away with another opportunity there with about a second and a half left to play. The pass is floated into the high slot that was just behind one of the Jets' forwards streaking in on Markstrom. Uh, we cannot say enough about Jacob Markstrom's play. He uh, is basically trying to single-handedly will this team into at least playoff contention, uh, getting some stick taps on uh, their way to the room. And uh, some of these claims, John, uh, you know, I... I Hate to keep bringing him up, but Nazem Kadri, his puck luck is just non-existent right now. Several shifts to go with a couple minutes to go in this second period. Flames look to be setting up in the offensive zone, and pass goes across to number 91 in white. He just gets turned around, and the puck bounces off his skate. The Jets almost come away with the breakaway. Uh, luckily, they were able to get back and uh, stem the tide there. But as we head to the second intermission, we're seeing some of the physicality, and boy, was there physicality in this second stanza uh, both teams taking multiple penalties but uh, the star so far in tonight's contest number 25 in the crease and uh, boy he had a little bit of speaking of puck luck he had a little bit there at the end of the second as a shot gets deflected through and goes just wide of the near post uh, that was almost 2-1 Winnipeg yes he did but again as you said you hit it on the head if there is going to be a number one star right now, it is Jacob Markstrom. And if you're looking for a exciting period of 20 minutes of play, that was one right now. And this could be calendar event in the next 20 minutes here for the Flames. Will they live on? Will it end? We're going to find that out in the third period. And hell, I'll take it a step further. If we go to OT and the Flames win, I don't want to hear people complaining about the Jets picking up a point. The Flames did exactly what they needed to do. They just got to find a way to win this game tonight. Yeah, you're right. Uh, the math would still leave a little bit of breathing room for Calgary if they uh, take it to overtime, allow the Jets to get a single point, and then the Flames, of course, would need to win either in overtime or in the shootout to get that extra winner point. Uh, of course, ideally, they would love to shut the door on the Jets, keep them at zero for the evening, and take the two for themselves alone. Uh, but you're right, John. I certainly won't be complaining. And you know what? Um, if this is it, let's just say, let's go down the uh, the darker hypothetical path where maybe the Flames are not a playoff team this year. Well, at least this game that we are watching, uh, it certainly feels like a playoff game to me, and both teams are acting like it. Uh, the Jets looked great for most of the first period. I think they have looked just slightly. Maybe we'll roughly say, oh, 55% to 45%. Yeah. The Jets have looked like the better team. Uh, but that doesn't mean that the Flames aren't deserving of a win here. And that is mostly, I mean, I'm going to keep going back to this with good reason. That's mostly because of some almost magical play by Jacob Marstrom. The, the craziest thing about it, it's not magic. Uh, he's a human like the rest of us, but he has looked like a superhero through two periods tonight. Yeah, because as you talked about, it's a goals against average right at three and a sub-900 save percentage at about 886. He's not the Jacob Markstrom that he was last year, but you need flashes. You need to be able to see something to keep your team in the game, and he's doing that right now. Yeah, it's, uh, it is incredibly impressive, and you know what? At least, at least we're getting our, our money's worth, right? We're getting our entertainment value. This is a 1-1 hockey game between two teams that are, that are hungry for playoff hockey. Um, you know, I would say on the Flames side, uh, it, it always feels 
I almost feel a little uncomfortable putting it in, the, in these terms, but it seems like some players just want it a little more than others. Um, and I hope, I hope that those flames that are really giving their extra effort, you know, uh, players that we've mentioned in this broadcast, players like Michael Backlund, players like Walker Dewar, of course, young, hungry, kind of typical for, you know, someone who's new in the league. Heck yeah, I want some playoff hockey, let's go. Um, but Jacob Markstrom, you know, on his little redemption tour here, which didn't start, John, until, uh, you know, I want to say what, about three or four weeks ago when he yeah. really got the opportunity to lock back into that true 1A starter's position. And, uh, you know, not every game's been perfect. Obviously, there's a letdown, and last night is one of them. But uh, he has looked better more often than not. And just can he hold his play? Because I don't think the Flames are going to, you know, miraculously flip a switch here and become some team that they haven't been all year long just in the next 20 minutes. The Flames are still going to be the Flames. But if Markstrom can continue to be the Markstrom we've seen through 40 minutes, uh, then Calgary has a really good chance to come away with two points tonight. Yeah, and I want to just take the grand look at this. Again, we know what the scale is tonight. But even if it isn't playoffs, you want to see that for Markstrom because he's going to be man in the crease next year. You want to see good signs going into 2023 and 2024 if that is indeed what it's going to be. Yeah, no question about it. No question about it. And, you know, you, you made, uh, you made uh, some comments about the Flames and their cap situation. And, uh, you know, of course, it's the nature of professional sports. We're going to see some changes. It's inevitable for every single team and every single uh, professional league. And, you know, you think about players like uh, like a Dylan Dubé. You think about a Nikita Zadorov, who, uh, <laughs> again, he scored tonight. But, uh, unfortunately, that uh, that goal was called back due to goaltender interference with uh, Richie making contact with Hellebuck's left pad just at the edge of the crease. Um, but Zadorov is a, is a player that uh, has been thought about by a lot of Flames fans online. You know, will he be around? Is yeah. it somebody that should be identified to, to, uh, to be shipped out? I've really liked his play. I've loved his tenure as Calgary Flame. I understand financially you can't keep everyone. And, you know, if you're going to keep uh, somebody like a Troy Stetcher, um, you know, maybe Stetcher doesn't command as much money as right. Nikita Zadorov. But um, these are the questions that hopefully – Hopefully the Flames can uh, put off a little bit longer by continuing uh, to be in the playoff conversation and, and uh, if everything aligns, giving themselves a shot in that wild card two spot. And just like you said on the other end, you think about another defensive piece in Noah Hannafin. It's the same boat for him as well. Yeah, you're absolutely right. That the, the makeup of that uh, blue line is an interesting one. And you know, here's a name that we've mentioned uh, several times. And of course, we always say this with the hope that he is doing well and receiving the uh, support and assistance that he needs. But of course, we're talking about Flames defenseman Oliver Shillington, who was really a fixture uh, on the Flames blue line for several years. A great young, another Swedish player the flames have so many of those um and uh you know he's not been able to be with the team this year and i know that changed the makeup of this uh this squad and that allowed michael stone to get some playing time he's had some good games but also had injury so mike uh, excuse me brad true living has to make some moves that's why you see the likes of a troy setcher now uh on that kind of that third pairing here in calgary and yeah does that does that allow noah hannafin to to continue as a calgary flame is that is that someone who will uh, be wearing another sweater next year? Lots of questions, and you and I are going to have plenty of fun, uh, you know, prognosticating. But for now, yeah. it's just about, uh, can, it's just two words with a question mark. Can they? 
Can they tonight? Can they get a, get enough out of Markstrom in the third period? Can they squeeze? It's like it's like blood from a stone, John. The Flames <laughs> just trying to score goals this year. It's been so so difficult for them, uh, except those outlier games. I think back to when they played the Vegas Golden Knights and somehow scored. I think it was six goals against Vegas. You know yeah. these crazy crazy one offs. But by and large. The offense has been so hard to come by. Can they? Can they get one more goal? Where will it come from? Um, you know, can they stay disciplined? Can they leave Pierre-Luc Dubois alone and just keep it at five on five? We will see as we get to the third. So as he's being interviewed right now, and again, I'm going to follow up on your point in a second, but Pierre-Luc Dubois, they're saying that he might want to go to the Montreal Canadiens as he still has in front of home since coming over from the Columbus Blue Jackets. And now the Winnipeg Jets, he might be on the move. And he's another guy that is a complete 200-foot player that can do a little bit of everything. So the Jets will have to figure out some things. But yes, it's going to be your third period here, Cooper. And again, it's essentially what happens in this next 20 minutes. And we're not being hyperbolic in saying it. We've talked about it in the open, and I'll mention it again here in the second intermission. This is the critical stretch here for the Flames. If they get a win tonight, essentially their season continues to move in the right direction for a chance to claim WC2. If they don't, they're going to need a lot of help along the way. So this is the biggest 20 minutes of the season. Cooper's going to have the call here for you on that side. I will back him up. It's only fair on that side. If we get to OT, you'll have to take that as well. I'll have a little trepidation on my face because that second period was just so damn exciting. But uh, I hope it goes well, my friend. If not, we will have a lot of commiseration and a lot of talks in between uh, free agent frenzy when it gets to that point. Now, before we close everything out for the intermission, because I know we're still underway, I just want to make a quick announcement. So as far as the rest of my schedule this week, it's going to be locked in on the Frozen Four. I always tell everybody that I try to keep everything as fair as I can on both teams. Tomorrow might be the one time, again, I know i got a receding hairline, but the one time I let it down a little bit in the sense of it is the Michigan Wolverines, it is the Quinnipiac Bobcats. I, I'm not going to have a homer call, for Christ's sake, but I will make sure that I have a little bit of uh, extra excitement. And I am hoping, no disrespect to the Boston University Terriers, that the Minnesota Golden Gophers win against Boston and the Michigan wins so it could be a Michigan-Minnesota final so I can see the Big Ten teams square it out for the right to win a national championship on Saturday night. So Thursday, Michigan and Quinnipiac. Saturday, hopefully Michigan. We'll see because the Bobcats are excellent. Well, just like I said, there were two words in a, and a question mark for the Flames, which was can they... Uh, I have two words and an exclamation point for you, sir, and that is go blue. <laughs> so be a homer. You've earned it. You're a real professional. You always keep yourself as neutral as possible. But you know what? When it comes to uh, the maize and blue, just lean into it, my friend. They're a damn good hockey team. They're fun to watch. Um, and I will say the only reason I'm going to divert from your path, I, I love a Golden Gopher and, uh, and Wolverine matchup. I think just based on what the animals are, I think the Wolverines win that every time. I think they literally <laughs> eat the golden for lunch. But <laughs> if we also just look at animal against animal, uh, I think a Wolverine would take care of a terrier pretty easily too. And just when I hear the Boston Terriers, it makes me think of uh, Johnny Gaudreau and his Hobie Baker winning year. Sure. Uh, so I will also be pleased if they uh, if they make it to the final. But either way, we're going Wolverines. And uh, let's hope they take the, the big prize. 
Yeah, we will see what happens because I know for the Bobcats on the other end, it's another one for Yanev Peretz. I think the last time I did a Frozen Four between those two, Mr. Peretz, the sophomore, had a 65 save performance. So he's exceptional on that end. The Michigan Wolverines, as you know, with uh, Luke Hughes, Jack Hughes' brother. You also have Quinn Hughes in Vancouver. Maybe someday they'll get all three of them to play for the Devils, but there are so many Hobie Baker players, and even Cooper, even on the stream delay for Team USA, you were able to join me. You have Logan Cooley, you have uh, Jimmy Snuggeroo. They also played for uh, Team USA against Canada when we did that, so there's going to be tons of great players, and as we always talk about Cooper, whether it's uh, prospects, college, whatever leagues like that, the NHL is always in a great place, so I hope people tune into that on ESPN, too, because it's going to be a lot of fun. Yeah, it's uh, it's just fun to hear you talk about it, too, because I don't think the Frozen Four gets as much attention as it deserves, um, but uh, you have your pulse on it for sure, and, and I will be uh, hopefully able to tune in because I know we're going to have some some really high-level hockey. You know, people don't always associate. They're like, oh, yeah, you know, hey, NCAA sports, absolutely. You know, we, we know these are good athletes, but they are uh, truly the best of the best in this Frozen Four. And like you said, with a, a ton of those rosters uh, already being snapped up by uh, NHL teams and international squads as well. So I'm excited for you. I think it's going to be fun. I think it will be a lot of fun. We are looking at some highlights here in between the Rangers and the Lightning and who knows if the Rangers get past their first round matchup and the Lightning do against the Toronto Maple Leafs, we could see them in the second round, and I would be all for that. Yep, you are you are right. Oh, oh my man, goodness. My, wow. <laughs> you want to talk about physicality between the Flames and Jets? How about, oh, we got helmets off, gloves off. Uh, I think was that was not the big cat down. Uh, who was down in the crease there, John? That was, was that... I saw Sturkin was down, but I didn't see That's who right. the other big man was. Yeah, it was just Sturkin down. Who, boy, he basically took a slash well after Whoa. multiple seconds after the whistle had blown. That is, uh, you you don't see that very often. Maybe you see a player collide with the goaltender. Uh, maybe they give him a little extra shove after a play. But to go with a, a two-hand slash like that, you don't see that very often. That's uh, That's dangerous. And, and there's retribution for sure. Those two teams, uh, no, some bad blood right there. Yeah, that's definitely going to carry over if those two teams meet in the playoffs again. Uh, that might be uh, first ballot watching and covering for us, Cooper, if that happens, because that was ridiculous. Yeah, I mean, like we talked about in our first intermission, there are some uh, some series that are real highlights for both of us. And uh, if we're going to have... If we're going to have that kind of bad blood and we haven't even reached the playoffs yet between Tampa Bay and New York, uh, look out. That Yeah, that might have to be first on our list, but let's take a look at uh, the one other game. We were just talking about it. There are 17 minutes and 40 seconds to go in the third period at Madison Square Garden where the Rangers lead by a one-goal count, uh, four goals to three against the Tampa Bay Lightning and, uh, in about uh, 20 minutes or so. In Orange County, here in California, the Anaheim Ducks will host the Edmonton Oilers. Uh, Dostal is expected to start. Uh, he has a 4-8-2 record for Anaheim. And Campbell expected to start for the Oilers with a 20-win, 9-loss, and 4-overtime loss record for the Oilers. And uh, that's going to be one to look at, uh, if, if, if only because of the point uh, potential. You know, we've talked so much about uh, Connor McDavid and Leon Dreisaitl, but uh, Nugent Hopkins having a career year 
for the Oilers and uh, is, uh, boy, I have to take a double check on this one, but either at or has already crossed the 100-point plateau. Um, so a major achievement. And, uh, you know, the NHL is different these days. I think reaching the 100-point mark is a little bit different than maybe it had uh, been even six, eight, ten years ago, uh, just with the emphasis on offense and the way penalties are called. Uh, you know, the NHL is, is constantly evolving, and it is evolving into an ever more skilled and, and uh, offense-focused game. But uh, always huge credit to those players that find that 100-point mark not easy to do. Most never do it. So, uh, you know, even though we partially share a last name, Hopkins uh, being the latter portion of his, credit to Ryan Nugent Hopkins. Uh, no disrespect from this Flames fan. Uh, tip of the cap to him for a great season. So this season, John, the Flames are 0-2-1 against the Blackhawks, whereas the Jets are 4-0-0. That's what we're seeing uh, from the statisticians on the Sportsnet side, just kind of twisting the knife after last night's outcome against Chicago uh, for the Flames. But uh, these two teams are getting set for the third period. Any final thoughts before we drop the puck for the last 20 minutes of regulation? I say no matter what happens, my friend, have fun with it. And whether it's good or bad, I'm right here with you. You're not alone. Let's do this. Thank you so much, pal. It would be a, a much more frightening prospect these 20 minutes uh, with a 1-1 hockey game if I were just sitting by myself in silence staring at the television. But uh, we're in this one together, and it's going to be Lowry and Lindholm just like it was in the first and second. And this face-off at center ice is won by the Jets. So here we go, John, and the puck bounces on this fresh sheet of ice right to Jacob Markstrom from the corner. He will cover up, and with eight seconds gone in the third, it's time for a face-off. So we will see what level of activity, admittedly, Calgary will be able to come from in this third period. As I said, it probably a little bit of adrenaline in this game. It's still a back-to-back. -back. We'll see if Winnipeg pushes with those fresher legs. Yep, you're absolutely right. They've had more rest. The Flames, again, on a back-to-back. They had to travel. Last night they were at the Saddle Dome. Tonight at Canadian Life Center. And now Rasmus Anderson picks up the puck in his own zone after a Flames D-zone face-off win, although it's grabbed by the Jets at neutral ice, and they flip this one forward, hold it down near the penalty boxes, and will flip this one in toward Markstrom. Puck is picked up right here by Weger. He's going to send it along to Foley. Again, Foley a name to keep an eye on, along with Huberdeau and Kadri. Boy, streaking into the O-zone is Dylan Dupe. He gets upended, but gets right back up onto the skate plays, and now the puck is loose, taken by Toffoli. One of the Jets goes down, Toffoli dances in, but the puck is poke-checked away, I think, by Hellebuck. Either way, it's bouncing. Now held by Tanev at the right point. From the near circle, sends us one in, and it's deflected up and into the crowd, so I think we've had at least one of those in every period, John. Hellebuck sends it into the sky and into the lap of a fan, so another face-off, my friend. What makes me feel a little bit better there, we've been waiting for a Tyler Toffoli sighting it was a good drive to the net, hoping maybe he can get a shot off, but this one got deflected up and on a play. Yeah, I like to see that. You know, you, you, you like to see a player like Toffoli who's done so much of the lifting offensively for the Flames just to try to create things for himself when necessary. And it certainly was there as Chris Tanev snaps a shot from beyond the circle, the near circle, after a faceoff win, but it's gloved easily by Hellebuck and will have another faceoff. Yeah, within the first about uh, 52 seconds or what's up, I do my math correctly, this looks more like the Calgary team that we're used to seeing, firing shots at the net. Yeah, I was about to say that the Flames are actually down to start this period on the shot board, and it is now tied at 22-all. Multiple bodies go down near Hellebuck to his left. Uh, Kadri was involved there, and for the Jets, again, it was Dubois. He was down. Now, here's a snap. 
excuse me, slap shot that comes from the left point, and I don't think Hellebuck saw it, although he did make the save, then the rebound bounced out in front, it was cleared out, but the Flames have it now in their own end, and will go D to D as they try to break out. So good job right there by Blake Coleman, trying to pass to himself, but just a little too much on the draw weight there, that was taken by DeMello, and the Jets will break out of their own end. Here they come two on two the other way. That's picked up by Josh Morrissey. He's going to drop right there. That puck was taken by Nemesnikov, and there's a shot. And that one's deflected off a body. Down in front is Troy Stetcher, who I think got a block on that one. And a deflection right on from the top of the crease by Nemesnikov. Stetcher was slow to get up, but then he eventually got to the check. Now we have a tripping call coming up against the Jets. The Flames are going to look to possess here and try to get the extra attacker on. So delayed penalty for tripping in the neutral zone against the Jets. We'll get a number for you in just a minute. And the puck is touched right there, I believe, by Kyle Connor as Stetcher is at his bench in a little bit of pain, John. But it wasn't all for naught. That shot block was a big stop. Didn't get to Markstrom. And the Flames will come away with a power play. That is an absolute gold star shift there for Troy Stetcher. Not only does he block the shot, then he is able to get back up while he's in pain and stick left an opportunity for a jet in traffic. That is a great play. Yes, indeed, and uh, just more reason, uh, as we both have talked about, uh, how we've enjoyed the play that Troy Stetcher has displayed in his short time as the Calgary Flame. I certainly hope that time is extended. Uh, I'd love to see him in uh, the Flaming Sea for a number of years. Boy, he has been a great addition and way to sell the body right there to uh, give some much-needed assistance to his goaltender who's been under fire most of the night. So it is 23, excuse me, make it 24 shots for the Jets and 23 for the Flames. They had an ozone draw here on the man advantage. That penalty was drawn by Andrew Mangiapane. So he is the goal scorer for the Flames as one of the Flames actually make that Mangiapane who was bodied down hard in the near corner. The Jets come away with that puck. I was trying to say that Mangiapane drew the penalty, moving his feet at neutral ice and getting hooked, or excuse me, tripped. Either way, the Flames will now possess in their own end and try to send this thing out through the neutral zone with the skating of Elias Lindholm. He drops for Toffoli, but Toffoli can't handle the pass, and the Jets immediately wheel this one all the way back down to Jacob Markstrom. So about 40 seconds have gone here in the Flames' power play. They are 0 for tonight with 17.20 to go here in the third in this tie hockey game. The playoff feel, as John and I both agree, there's been a lot of intensity here and the Flames doing their darndest to keep themselves in the playoff conversation and keep the Winnipeg Jets within striking distance. Now, good forecheck right here by number eight, Saku Metalainen. He actually comes away with the puck. Again, the Flames struggling with the man advantage here, John. At least they haven't given up any breakaway attempts, but they're just struggling to even hold possession here with 50 seconds to go on the power play. So they will skate this one forward. It's dumped in by Backlund. He gets bumped off the puck right there as he chases it down. It will be picked up by Hannafin. He touches it back to Uyghur. Weger now looks, surveys the scene, goes back to Hannafin in the near corner. Hannafin looked to cross the ice with a pass there, but it was deflected away. Hannafin gets it back from Weger. Now Hannafin backhands it along to Richie. Richie lets this one go to the far corner, and now it's back at the blue line with Weger. Weger back to Nazan Kadri. Kadri holds back to Weger. 20 seconds to go in the power play. Weger goes back to Kadri. Kadri with a snap pass. Over to, oh. excuse me, over to Hannafin, and the puck can't be held in by Uyghur. So all of that passing for nothing, John. Flames not even, even able to generate a shot. Although there's one. It's out of nowhere. I think that was, yes, it was Nick Ritchie who just stepped in on Hellebuck and snaps one off, and it's saved by the Trapper. 
So if it stands to come that the Flames don't score, both teams will be a combined 1 for 10 with the man advantage in this game so far in a 1-1 contest. My goodness, so much power play time for both teams. Boy, we're seeing replays here. Kadri seems to be focused on harassing Dubois. I, I just I don't understand at this point. He's been cross-checked by Markstrom. He's drawn multiple penalties. Leave the guy alone. Focus on your job. Yeah. It's a tie game. Try to score, my friend. So the power play expires. The Flames still over tonight, and returning to the ice is Nemesnikov. Now there's a player down low. He falls down. There's a backhand pass attempt, and the puck is in! A wraparound attempt by Dewar, I believe, is finished by Lucic. Halibut can't believe it, but believe it, John. It's 2-1 Calgary. Oh, my goodness. I was wondering what was happening on the power play. But as soon as they get back to even strength, Walker Dewar, this fourth line, they've seen to have been around it all night. The puck bounced off of one of the Jets. Here's Dewar off the backhand. Good work by Lewis. Is that going to be kicked in, question mark? I hope not. Let me look at this again. It is Lewis on the doorstep. No, that's a stick. We should have a good goal here. Yeah, I think we have a good goal, so, and I apologize, I thought it was Lucic who was on the doorstep, but yes, one of the Jets went down, and in fact, I believe that was Schmidt, so Schmidt had gone down in front of the blue paint, Walker Dewar gains possession of the puck to Hellebuck's right, goes backhand wraparound, and he gets it five-hole, and I think, John, it just trickled through, they don't even review it, Lewis was just nearby in case he needed to get the rebound, but on the Flames' 27th shot, John, they score, it's 2-1 Calgary, 15.39 to go in the third, and uh, after the faceoff, the puck bounced up into the netting, so we'll have a stoppage. And yeah, that was just deflected off of a wraparound backhand attempt. And I think it actually, as we get a, a zoom in on Nate Schmidt, he shakes his head in disappointment. I think that may have been off of him, John. We will see. I'll have a point to make in the next commercial break, but you keep on. Yes, indeed. So we're back underneath the action. Again, I always trademark it. That is a John Oddism, 100%. Uh, he's let me adopt that thing, so appreciate you, my friend. 15-20 to go here in the third. Again, flames up 2-1 after the recent goal by Walker Dewar. There's a block in front by Mackenzie Wieger. Boy, great job just to put his body in the right spot at the right time. Gets in the shooting lane, makes a block. So here come the Jets yet again. They're looking to possess this one. They're at the top of the near circle. There's a pass back to Connor. Connor stick handling. Nice job right there to spin it back. He's got Noah Hannafin dancing all over the place. But Hannafin gets back into his spot. There's a turnaround shot. Boy, and a stick goes flying. Not sure who lost it. I guess it was Stavoli, but either way, Dubois' shot is deflected up into the crowd. We've had plenty of that tonight, and it's time for another faceoff. I just want to say, in between all the power plays, especially on the other end for Calgary, they looked very hesitant. They looked for the extra pass maybe three or four more times. But when they've gotten uneven strength, they've looked pretty good tonight. Yeah, that's a good observation. The, the power play has not been their friend this evening, but five-on-five five play has been where it's at, so to speak. And uh, and where we are at is a 2-1 lead for the visitors in an absolutely crucial game. John and I have said it so many times as this puck is iced by Calgary. The 180-foot uh, pass is uh, certainly too far for any of the Flames, and it's whistled down. But, yeah, John, uh, you're right. This is, uh, this is the night and the moment. And, hey, we did mention him during our second intermission. Walker Dewar, young, hungry, putting himself in the right yep. place at the right time, gets his team the lead. Incredible play by number 71 in white. No, you nailed it. It's a great call. We'll see what the Flames can do with the defensive zone draw. So Kadri, who's actually been decent in the faceoff tonight, uh, faceoff circle tonight, he loses that faceoff, and there's a huge slap shot at 95 miles per hour from Ehlers. 
That was a howitzer from the blue line. It actually sent Markstrom to his backside, but luckily it was wide of the cage. So here come the Flames the other way. This one is taken out, though, by the Jets, and then Zadorov chops it down in the neutral zone. Flames are at the far half boards. The centering attempt is deflected away, but the Flames will come away with it. That's Zadorov yet again. He goes to Kadri in the far circle, and Kadri promptly turns it over. Unfortunately, that has uh, been a repeating theme for number 91. Now the Jets will dance and spin this one in. The centering pass goes a little too far for number 5, Brendan Dillon, and his pass goes back behind Markstrom into the trapezoid, and it's taken by Nikita Zadorov. So again, Nikita Zadorov scored tonight. His uh, shot and goal was wiped away by a goaltender interference. And so it could be 3-1 Flames, but uh, either way, the Calgary Flames and their fans will certainly take this 2-1 advantage with 13.45 to go here in the third. I'm Cooper Hopkins alongside John Ott. We've been trading off. And uh, as the resident Flames fan, John's been generous enough to let me take the third period. Uh, and if there's more, I'll probably stick with it on the play-by-play. -play. And John's got his intelligent analysis as ever. Uh, and we have the puck now in the near, excuse me, to the near boards in the flame zone. It's held in by the Jets, but nice job by Rasmus Anderson to take a pass out of the air with his stick blade. And now here come the Flames with a partial two-on-two -two the other way. A snapshot goes well wide on the glove side of Hellebuck. And this puck is going to be backhanded up into the netting by Manjapani, who was the Flames' first goal scorer of the night, and will have a face-off. Well, the Flames have the lead in a game that they have to have right now. Again, we can argue the fact whether two points, whatever, the extra point on the other end. Flames have taken the lead. The fourth line is the one that's got it done. I think the fourth line and the third line of defense has been the best lines for the Flames. Their even strength play has gotten it done. When will the Jets find their answer and their push? Because every time they get in the offensive zone, and I just see the names that we've mentioned, they look dangerous, and when they get some shots, if it hasn't been for the play of Markstrom, we might be talking about a completely different narrative. Yeah, no, there's no question about it. Um, you know, as much as uh, Walker Dewar deserves his credit and, and uh, Backlund and Manjipani on their goal-scoring sequence, they certainly deserve a tip of the cap. Uh, which I always try to give, it, it is Markstrom, bar none. He is at the top of the heap, uh, really for both teams. His play has been exceptional. Uh, he's played his best hockey at the most critical moment. And, uh, John, I'd be lying. I was actually, I think, a little more relaxed when this game was still tied. For some reason, now that the Flames have a lead, <laughs> the, heart rate, the heart rate has increased, my friend. So you got to... Uh, you gotta keep talking me off the ledge here. I gotta do some uh, some deep breaths in through the nose and out through the mouth just to uh, keep myself focused here. Yeah, you're forced to do that on the play-by-play. -play, otherwise, I'd be worried about you. But I think as I'm watching this along with you here, Cooper, I'm admittedly I've forgotten to take a breath a few times because I'm locked into this one right now, and uh, we don't know who's gonna take it. But every time we tell you about a critical game and how much it matters, this is the game right now, and. Now we really mean it. There is no coin flips anymore. This is the last of the runway. If the Flames do get this win, their season will stay alive. Yeah, absolutely right. And uh, and you know what? They We were talking about how we're getting our money's worth. The entertainment value has been high. Well, not just for the two of us, but for any hockey fan who's tuning into this thing. Uh, they are certainly getting a show here. This has been a well-fought, well-battled hockey game with physicality, special teams play. Whether or not you want to comment on the quality of those power <laughs> plays, that's a different story. But we are back into the action here with 13 minutes to go in the third, and the Flames nursing a 
a two, excuse me, a two-one lead, and Lewis gets tripped up right there. It's going to be Brendan Dillon, and he makes no argument. He just looks to the sky, knowing he got his stick into the skates of number twenty-two in white. So, John, we were just saying uh, maybe the quality has left something to be desired when it comes to power play efforts for both teams, even though at least the Jets have won. But this is going to be, I think, my friend, the sixth power play of the night for Calgary. Can we ignore that trip and just play on? Boy, I I guess, because, you know what, I'm almost more nervous now. Look out, because uh, (laughs) defenseman Nate Schmidt might get another breakaway on the penalty kill. So look out, Flames. Here's Elias Lindholm. He actually wins a nice, clean face-off in the O-zone, and the Flames will have possession here. They only have their five shots on five power plays. Again, this is their sixth man advantage of the night. Twelve seconds have elapsed here. Elias Lindholm cycles as Rasmus Anderson gets the puck back. Now he's going to send a D to D. There's a slapper that is caught right out of the air. That is snared. An 86-mile-per-hour hot shot from Tivoli. Good job by Hellebuck to see it, grab it, hold it, face-off upcoming. It might just be Teapot's second shot of the game, but he's looked a lot more noticeable in this third period. And we talk about the big names, you're going to need to see more of that if Calgary wants to win this. Yeah, you're absolutely right. And uh, Toffoli, I think uh, he's he's shifted into a different gear here. I think he knows he might have to create a little more for himself, and he tried to do so right there with that 86-mile-per-hour slapper. So 20 seconds gone here, and Toffoli, speaking of which, he keeps the puck. And John, boy, uh, we should have a whiteboard out putting check marks down. How many pucks have become souvenirs tonight? There's another one up and over the glass. So I think this face-off will come in the neutral zone just outside the Jets' blue line. Yeah, I know we only have two hands. There's been 11 power plays now, and that's the eighth puck over the glass. Look at you. You know what? I, I was not <laughs> expecting to get an actual count there, but uh, you gave me the actual count. So this is why John Ott is the true expert, friends. Uh, if you're listening to this one, you're you're in for a real treat. And uh, we're in for a really exciting finish here as Lindholm tries to find Manjapani down low. Manjapani lets the puck bounce off his stick, though. It's all the way back to the blue line. And Anderson, 40 seconds gone on the power play. Flames miss the opportunity to get the puck in the trapezoid behind Hellebuck right there. And the Jets spin around and fire this one down. 12 minutes now to go in this third period. 28 shots for Calgary, John. 24 for Winnipeg. On those 24 shots, the home team has their one goal. Boy, Rasmus Anderson still getting booed, uh, getting razzed, if you will, pun intended. Uh, But the Flames have their two goals on 28 shots. They try to get this puck down toward the crease where it is taken by the Jets and cleared yet again. So uh, one more power play here with not much to speak of in terms of high-danger chances, but the Flames still have 45 seconds to work with. Uh, But you can't work if you're going to let someone break away the other way. Now here comes Richie trying to chase down one of the Jets, trying to get a number there, John. I think that might be Metalinen. Either way, the Flames, again, struggling just to hold possession and set up in the O-zone. They're going to send this one in from the red line at center ice. And I think that one deflected potentially off someone on the player's bench, or maybe the Flames are offside. Either way, one of those strange whistles. And, uh, yeah, Metalinen almost sprung with a breakaway right there, John. Again, this would be a fifth breakaway opportunity shorthanded for the Jets. I mean, what I don't understand, we talk about all the extra passes. You're playing so well on even strength. Why are you overthinking things? Fire pucks at Hellebuck. You're doing a good job on him tonight. But here's my favorite one, Lucic taking the draw. Yeah, and this is uh, on a power play, by the way. I want to point out this is essentially the 
entire fourth line. So we're looking at Lewis, Lucic, and Dewar, along with Anderson and Weger of the Blue Liners for the Flames. Yeah, this is your current power play unit. But I guess because they have the go-ahead goal, why not? Daryl Sutter puts some trust in them. I love it. <laughs> Just mix it up, my friend. So now five seconds to go in the power play, and are we going to get an interference call here, John, or is that just yet another puck up and out of play? I think this is yet another puck. I certainly hope we don't get any more penalties. This has been a little ridiculous. Yeah, it's been uh, not not throughout the entire third period here as we have 11 right. three left. Really during this power play in particular, it's just been so choppy. So that's the past two minutes and change. Uh, again, the Flames do have five seconds left to work with, uh, but... We'll see if Lindholm can maybe get, excuse me, it's Trevor Lewis. So that fourth line's still out there. And Lewis with a nice face-off win right there, but apparently he went early. Boy, John, this is just uh, herky-jerky right now. And uh, the play is whistled down. They'll do this face-off again. Yeah, if we're pulling on the rope, both teams are pulling really hard, and it's going everywhere. Yeah, so I think Dewar got that face-off. He actually won it. Now the puck's loose, and Hellebuck finds it before Lucic can slam it home. He gets separated from the goaltender by assistant captain of the Jets, Josh Morrissey. Uh, luckily, no fisticuffs there, but I do believe the power play has expired. And this is a quick look at Hellebuck's last seven home starts for the Flames. 941 save percentage, 6-0-1 record, just a 1-6-8 goals against average. Uh, he's good against Calgary. Maybe that speaks to the point of why they tried to move it so much on the power play, but I don't think he overthink things right now. Daryl Sutter's certainly not using the fourth line on the power play. Yeah, and again, the fourth line's still out there, and they win yet another Ozone draw. Nice job right there by Weger to dance one of the Jets. He gets it over to Anderson. Anderson with a bit of a feed to Dewar. Dewar holds, though. I think Anderson wanted, wanted that pass back as he was pinching in from the near boards. Lucic has it. Looks to center to Dewar. Dewar cycles back. He's got Morrissey on him. and Oh, he was setting up Lucic, but a nice job breaking up that pass right there. I think that was Blake Wheeler getting in the way. Yes, it was. Rasmus Anderson chases the puck down in his own end, but can't get it out cleanly. Ten minutes, 25 seconds to go here in regulation. The Jets in their home blue is moving right to left on your radio dials. The Flames in their road white and reds moving left to right. The Flames now lead on the shot board by a count of five as the puck is bouncing around in the Jets end. Nice forecheck there by Dubé and Lindholm. We saw that combination earlier, numbers 28 and 29, keeping my broadcaster eyes sharp. And here is a break-in attempt right there, and Markstrom closes the door on Mesnikov. I think he was looking five-hole, but Markstrom squeezes that puck and gets a face-off. Yeah, Nemestikov has been a little all over the score sheet as far as some penalties and all that. He's looking to atone for it a little bit. That was a good shot off the rush. Yeah, it was. I think uh, kind of like what we've seen Toffoli do here. He got a little bit of space, took what he was given, just made a, a solid shot attempt, thought he might have a chance of beating the goaltender. But the way Markstrom's playing tonight, that was a nice, solid save from the big Swedish netminder. So now we are inside 10 minutes to go here in the third period. Flames up 2-1, to one, courtesy of their second goal. That was by Walker Dewar on a backhand wraparound that bounced in off of the stick of Nate Schmidt. Again, uh, the odd stat of the night, Nate Schmidt has had two, not one, but two breakaway opportunities tonight for the Jets. Both were while he was killing penalties. So we will talk about that one way or another when we close out tonight's coverage. And the Flames, with the puck bouncing toward the Jets' end of the ice, will go for a change on the fly. They pick the puck up now, the Flames do, in their own end. Float this one to center. That was on Manjapani's stick, and now it's a two-on-two. -two. Huberto holds, looks to center to the trailer, and that shot is in, John Huberto, with the apple, and it's... 
it's Nikita <laughs> He gets that one that he wanted, and he does the Kobe Bryant swish to the back of the net, my friend. 3-1 Flames. And that's all we want to see on the other end of Zuberdo. Make the pass that you're supposed to make. That's an absolute dot there for Zadorov. As you said, he loves to play on the rush. Perfect opportunity. Zadorov makes no mistake. Boy, he lifted that wrister over Hellebuck. Perfect chance. And the Flames take a two-goal lead. Boy, that is a massive, massive goal. And Nikita Zadorov with the understated but notable celebration after wiring that wrister over the glove of Hellebuck. And now here's a snapshot that goes just wide of Markstrom. That was put on by, I think, Kevin Stenland, of all people, John. And he just missed that far post. It was almost 3-2. So that's the Dorov goal looking even bigger right now as the Flames off that center ice faceoff almost gave away another one. So that was 11th, the 11th goal of the season for Zadorov. It would have been his 12th. He would have had two tonight. I keep talking about the one that was wiped away, but the one he has matters most as it's now 3-1 Calgary, and they are looking for the puck in the O-zone at the moment where it's held in at the near point by Chris Tanev. His uh, pass behind the net goes past Nazem Kadri, though, and with 8.30 to go here, the Flames... I don't want to say they have a stranglehold on this game. Certainly not the way that the Jets have played here. They've played a strong game, even though they're down by two. But the Flames have just the, bit, the slightest bit of breathing room. They need to continue to their, put their foot on the gas to finish this contest out. 31 shots for Calgary as Milan Lucic is on the ice and on the forecheck. 25 shots for Winnipeg. They're going to need, need to get some more if they want to close this two-goal gap. Now eight minutes to go. There's the puck on Josh Morrissey's stick. He's going to back in this one along, but it's taken over by the Flames. Now the puck bouncing at center ice. The Jets have possession. They're going to look to center this one. That puck does find its way to Blake Wheeler, but here come the Flames the other way after taking things over. Now the puck on Morrissey's stick. He banks this one off the end boards, and it's sent cross ice, deflected along. Now Rasmus Anderson has to get on his horse. He's getting chased down by Wheeler. Anderson comes away with it, though. There's a bit of a hook right there, and Anderson just avoids a big body check. Puck is floated up toward the scoreboard. Now Tivoli's going to get the puck. He tries to move to the center, and there's a rebound after Tivoli snaps one right on. Rebound in front. Hellebuck slides to his left, makes another save. Now Tivoli tries to center to Mangiapane, but that one is off of the stick of, I believe, I was going to say Schmidt, but that's Dubois. And now the puck's going to bounce all the way back down to the Hellebuck's trapezoid. He's pressured by Tivoli. Great forecheck right there. 7-12 to go in the third, John. The Flames with some life here. They're going to make a change on the fly. The visiting Calgary Flames are. And this one's picked up near the player's bench. The Flames have it. Nazan Kadri tries to send it along the far boards, but it's picked up by Winnipeg. The puck is passed along by Sandberg. And now, just at the blue line, the puck's lost by Winnipeg, so the Jets are going to have to go for a change, and the Flames have a chance to take over. Bouncing puck at center ice now. Coleman was chasing down initially. Then there's Kadri. But here come the Jets the other way. Up the near side is going to be make that Adam Lowry. I haven't said his name all that often tonight. He leaves the puck for Connor. Connor gets plastered against the glass by Nazem Kadri. And Connor's still in that spot behind the glass. He gets knocked down by Stetcher. No penalty call. Looked a little sketchy there. Thought there might be a cross-check, but no whistle. Puck bounces out in front. There's a snapshot right there. I think that one goes wide. Markstrom almost called into action. He was uh, leaving a bit of that net open there, John. Tried to make himself big, but the Jets go just wide of the cage yet again. Jets are starting to run out of time here, John. 6-12 to go in this third period, and a bouncing puck hits right to Markstrom. He has to dive forward as Niederreiter was streaking in, and Zadorov's in the way there with a big smile on his face. You know number 16 in white is feeling good about his play this evening. 
I think I stayed, stared up to the sky, admittedly, on the previous opportunities we're going to be going to a commercial break because that net was open on Markstrom off that back pass near the right side slot and that just got fired wide of the right post. And a little F-bomb on the other end. You can read the lips on that side as the Jets know they missed a chance. What I was going to say here, Cooper, is we're in the commercial break now. That second goal and that Zadorov celebration, that was excellent. But it certainly seemed to uh, maybe take the shackles off of the Flames a little bit. They seem to play free and loose in the last few minutes. Yeah, you know, and, and we have to remember that, yes, these are professionals, but they're also people. And, you, you know, it's like if you and I are feeling the nerves, if we're, if we're feeling a little tight and tense, um, I don't care who you are, even if you try to, to bottle it up and, and bury it and pretend it doesn't exist, you know, there's going to be there's going to be some nervousness yeah. for these guys. And uh, and they luckily, luckily, John, first of all, I think you're right. Second of all, I think that they were able to play well enough to give themselves the opportunity to play freely, which is what I think you're observing. And, uh, boy, they look like, I don't want to say a completely different team because, you know, the team that was a little bit tight still scored three goals. But, yeah, right. they seem to be playing a little more freely, a little more loose, and uh, that bodes well as the time is starting to get short for Winnipeg. No, it, it does. And, again, I, I would think that some of that play on the back end, as we talked about all night and rightfully so, Markstrom should allow you to play a little bit more loose. But, again, that second goal, maybe that Zadorov uh, push there, we talked about Zadorov and maybe the all likelihood of needing somebody like that. Well, hey, that's a big-time goal, Cooper, on that side. And you love that push in the offensive end and the supreme confidence. That's a good job by Zadorov there. That's a hell of a shot. Yeah, and I, I stand by my assessment of Nikita Zadorov. He is a, he is a giant six foot six defenseman <laughs> who is a huge physical presence for the Flames. But deep in his heart, my friend, is, uh, is a, a diminutive, speedy, Fleet-footed forward in the NHL is somewhere in his heart and mind. I think uh, if he were a little shorter, if uh, he were a little leaner, I, I imagine he would be a, a, a right wing for the Calgary Flames because he loves to shoot. He loves to pinch in when given the opportunity. And, boy, it certainly is justified. He fired that thing over the trapper and uh, into the top corner to make it 3-1 Calgary just minutes ago. So speaking of minutes, we now have fewer than six minutes to go in regulation here. The Jets have to find two if they want to try to push this game into extra time. So now it is officially 5.40 on the clock in the third. Flames leading 3-1. There's a puck that's sent too far down the ice, and the Jets are there first. That is an icing call. So the faceoff will come near Markstrom. So now 33 shots and three goals for Calgary, 26 and one for Winnipeg as Daryl Sutter looks on. He knows what's at hand. Again, a little nervousness on his face, but these players feel a lot more calm. This is big here because Calgary can get this tiebreaker, and this matters more than anything right now. Yes, indeed. And, uh, you know, some folks might look back and think about what could have been had the Flames beaten the Chicago Blackhawks last night. But no matter, the Flames, at least at the moment, with five and a half to go here and play whistle down, uh, the puck was played with a high stick. At the moment, Flames doing what they need to do to not only keep themselves just in the conversation, but really put themselves in a spot to potentially take a wild card berth. Yeah, let's talk about it. Even off the back-to-back, -back, you're going to play in Winnipeg. They know what they need to do on that end. This is not an easy win to get. You have to give Calgary their full marks, even when you don't on certain times. You can't discredit them for something like this if they pull it off. Yeah, you're absolutely right. And uh, now as we close in on five minutes to go here in the third, the Flames look to pick up the puck in the neutral zone, but it will be taken by the Jets. The puck right there on the stick of Ehlers 
And Ehlers goes cross-ice. Now the puck bounces through the slot, and there's a shot that was five-hole bound. But, again, Markstrom closes the door. Not uh, the fastest shot, but an accurate one. And big number 25 in net in white says no yet again. So, yes, here we are inside five minutes now. The Jets really making a push. This is what John mentioned several minutes ago. Ehlers still on the ice. Now here's some room for Winnipeg. Puck loose. Snow Angel by Markstrom. Almost every player is down in the crease. Now Morrissey going after Uyghur, whose helmet is off. Play is whistled dead. Markstrom makes another massive save. Man, there was nowhere to go to make that save other than make a snow angel. Markstrom had the entire weight of the world on top of him and still kept that puck out. I kept talking about, is this his best game of the year of the last couple broadcasts that we've done? Well, certainly right now in the moment, Markstrom's answered the bell all night, none bigger than that latest one. What a stop by the Swedish netminder as we go to break. Absolutely unreal, although at this point I shouldn't be in disbelief, I should just be flat out believing it, because Morrissey comes in on his forehand, Markstrom makes the right pad save, the puck's loose in front, Morrissey has the awareness to get another backhand rebound attempt, and Markstrom falling backwards makes the stop with basically his left bicep, unbelievable from about three feet out. Two point-blank stops on Josh Morrissey, and Markstrom continues his absolutely incredible night, John. What more can we say? Uh, His play has been truly remarkable. I know we'll mention this as far as the story, and I'll throw it in there, but as far as people that are just listening to this now or whenever they get this late, you'll look at the offshoot and you'll say, one for 11 on the power play, and that'll be your main narrative. Everything that's lost in all that is the Winnipeg Jets have done fabulous work throughout this game. They should be ahead in all likelihood. Even though Calgary has three goals, this could easily be a 4-3 type game. What's lost in all that, if you just look in the box score, Markstrom has stood on his head, been the exact reason why the Flames been able to stay out in front. So don't lose in all of that because as disappointed as some of the fans are, maybe rightfully so, against the Blackhawks, Who's to say you were going to get this type of performance against for Calgary against Winnipeg? Well, they've answered the bell, the goaltenders answered the bell, and the fourth line has played exceptionally well here for the Flames. I'm very impressed. Yeah, I, I agree with every single word you just said. And you know what? Uh, let's let's not gloss over the fact that Daryl Sutter is impressed with his fourth line as well because he put them out there yeah. to finish the entire power play. And, uh, and with good reason. With the kind of jump that they've had, uh, they deserve more ice time, and, and they're getting it. But for the moment, Lindholm and Line 1 are out there for Calgary, but Lindholm promptly loses a D-zone faceoff. There is a very tight angle shot. Boy, Morrissey certainly wants to get his tally, but Markstrom denies him again. Great stop by 25, added to the list, and we'll have another faceoff. So I know admittedly video and audio feeds, you're hearing us talk about it. We're looking at the video feed on Sportsnet, everything for Jacob Markstrom. At least about five of those could have been goals. No question. Yeah, I cannot wait to rewatch the highlight packages of this game because it's going to be uh, 75% Jacob Markstrom making massive stops. Now there's a puck out in front that he coolly paddles aside. He was sneaking right in toward the left side of the crease. He just... Swats it away like a fly. Four minutes, 20 seconds to go here in the third. Hannafin battling for the puck with Lindholm. Also in there for the Jets is Lowry. Now the Jets do come away with it. It's on the stick of Mason Appleton. He cycles back with the puck from the top of the crease. Excuse me, from the top of the circle, I should say. The puck bounces into the crease. It's turned aside by Markstrom again. 
And Hannafin battles for the puck in the far corner. Jets come away with it. Yet again, it's on the stick of Mason Appleton. He holds, he holds, he holds. He cycles it back in. Now the Jets, with possession, get it down low. Good job right there by the Flames' defense to keep that thing going wide of the net. That was Lindholm in a defensive position, but the Flames can't clear. Here's Morrissey. Boy, he really wants one. Backhands it. And traffic! Markstrom, another stop with the glove. Here we and go. And players flying everywhere yet again. This just hasn't stopped now, and Toffoli's trying to get on the X. I don't see who's on the bottom of the pile there near the left side red line, but it's getting crazy again. It certainly is. Boy, Lowry getting mixed up with Tanev. Toffoli having words with, I, I, I can't get a number, but uh, oh, I think that's Morrissey. Boy, Morrissey has been so noticeable, getting tons of ice time here. He is, uh, shall we say, motivated, my friends. He's moving his skates. Toffoli doing just enough to bother him and not let him get off a fully clean shot. Boy, Tanev flies in at the end. So does Lowry. Both teams very, very intense right now, John. I want to say this, too. As we mentioned, we see Markstrom. He's pushing people away from his crease, and he's throwing blows. Don't get in his area. He'll make you pay right now. I love it. Yeah, he is dialed in not only in terms of saving shots, but uh, he wants his area to be clear <laughs> of any opponent. He will make sure that they get uh, they get pushed out of the crease if they are there. So, John, we have three minutes and 43 seconds to go here in regulation in the third. Again, this is a 3-1 lead for Calgary, one that you and I are potentially uh, just a bit surprised by, but the Flames have found a way here, and they have their 33 shots to the Jets' 32, so even almost in that respect. But uh, the Flames are up by two where it matters, on the scoreboard. Now the Jets in their own end are going to circle this one back. They hold at the moment, going to try to skate out now, moving right to left. Here come the Jets, taking it the length of the ice. That one is taken forward by, I think it's Shifley. Uh, yes, it is indeed, number 55 on his back. And now the puck is deflected out to the far boards where it's held in right there by Neil Pionk. The Flames do come away with it at this point, though, and chip it along the far boards where Blake Coleman's going to try to lift a stick. Now the puck bounces to one of the Flames. There's a snapshot turned aside relatively easily. I think that was off the stick of Kadri. And Troy Stetcher pinches in from the near point, keeps it in momentarily for the Flames, just to kill a few seconds here at this point. I wonder when we'll see Hellebuck leave the net, because the Jets are still down by two. The Flames actually get a nice takeaway at neutral ice, and they'll flip this one down toward Huberto in the far corner to Hellebuck's right. So the big goaltender in navy blue cannot leave the crease just yet. The Flames still with this two-goal advantage and just two and a half minutes to go here in the third period in Winnipeg. Flames doing a good job on the forecheck. Nice physical challenge right there by Michael Backlund. He gets pushed down by Morrissey, but Backlund did a great job right there. And now the Flames forecheck keeps it going, at least for the moment. That was Walker Dewar and I think Lucic right there. And here comes a pass that slides all the way down where Nemestikov's going to battle with Zadorov. Two minutes, ten seconds to go in the third. There's a centering pass, and here comes Lucic up the ice. He's got a couple of Flames with him. Going to take a slapper that's right in the breadbasket. And that was a 100.2 mile per hour slap shot <laughs> on the move by Milan Lucic that's saved by Hellebuck. What an absolute fireball from the big man. And you know what? The interesting part is you're calling about it, Cooper. Who's closing out this game right now? It's the fourth line for the Flames trying to get a win. No question about it. And we get a close-up on the Sportsnet feed of Connor Hellebuck. He looks just slightly, ever so slightly, in disbelief. I mean, he's had such a wonderful season, uh, one of the top goalies in this league. And uh, I, I think he's as surprised as I'm sure a lot of hockey fans are that this game has resulted. And we don't want to say that it's over yet with 157 to play, but that at least currently the Flames hold a two-goal advantage over his Winnipeg Jets. 
Now Rasmus Anderson pinched way down. He went through the trapezoid right there, tries to get it back to the point. Now we're going to have a breakaway opportunity for the Jets. And that one is, I think, up wide. I'm not sure if Markstrom got a part of a, part, a piece of it, excuse me. But either way, another breakaway goes wide of the nets. The Jets have missed a ton of chances tonight. John, we'll have to touch on that when we wrap this game up. Just 90 seconds to play. It probably should be 3-2, but it's still 3-1 Flames. Will Hellebuck leave the net? We are yet to find out as the puck goes deep. Hellebuck's still in his crease, although he's out of it right now to play the puck. He passes it along. The Jets will try to break this one out. One minute, 15 seconds to play. One of the Flames goes down and neutralized. That was Lindholm. It's passed back to the blue line where a slapper goes off Lindholm's Whoa. leg. And Markstrom slides across as Hellebuck has left the net. But Markstrom certainly has it. He makes another stop, John. Absolutely fascinating performance tonight from number 25. Yeah, he is certainly locked in on the other. There was a... Shot opportunity for Ehlers, and that's the wrong guy to give a breakaway to, but he fires it wide just to the left side pane of glass. And then Shifley from a severe angle, Markstrom says, no way. It looked like there's two of them in the net on that slide. Boy, you're absolutely right, and uh, I'm glad that the Winnipeg Jets are taking a timeout right now because I need to collect myself. I can hardly believe what I am seeing with my two eyes, and for you, sir, you're four. Because <laughs> Jacob Markstrom has been, this is almost as if you went into the settings in the NHL EA yeah. Sports video game and moved all of the sliders to the right. He is playing like a superhero tonight. And that Ehlers breakaway, John, was a clean save for Markstrom off of the stick. So he actually got a piece of it to send that up and over the top corner to keep this game at 3-1. I mean, and then that tight shot right there, that was, I think, headed for the net. And he slides across, makes another save. So 107 on the clock, my friend. This is crunch time if there ever was one for the Jets. Can we believe we're saying that? As it's been crunch time all game long for the Flames. And they come away with the puck. Here's to Foley. Will he be able to chase this one down and tap it in the empty net? No, it's taken by Connor, who gets there first. So inside a minute to play now. Again, empty net for the Jets. Hellebuck is at the bench. The Flames battling for it with a great forecheck. They come away with it. The centering pass right there bounces over Lindholm's stick. Here come four Jets the other way, trailed by two. So the Jets do have six on the ice at the moment to play the Flames five. Markstrom tried to clear that one around the glass. The Flames have a couple of players down. They are going to have a chance to clear this puck, though. It's going to be on Tanev's stick. He floats it forward. It's all the way back down in between the crease at the Jets' end of the ice. Now it is on the stick of none other than Pierre-Luc Dubois. The Jets skated into the Flames zone. There's a shot that's turned aside by Markstrom. That's his 35th, excuse me, 34th save of the night. Just 16 seconds yet to play here, John. I'm seeing some fans clad in blue head for the exits. It's 10 seconds to go, John. The Calgary Flames are going to take this thing. Five seconds on the clock now. The puck is deflected down toward Markstrom. Three seconds. Call off the dogs. The Jets circle away from the puck. And almost unbelievably, and thanks to an absolutely out-of-body performance <laughs> by Jacob Markstrom, I can't believe I'm saying this, my friend, but I feel emotional right now. The Calgary Flames in Winnipeg take down the Jets by a final score of 3-1 to one and keep that playoff conversation going, Calgary fans. Absolutely outstanding contest. I can only give you my immediate thoughts right now is because I'm kind of wrapped up in this too, but everybody hugging Jacob Markstrom right now. 
You, sir, take a bow. I understand the performance of yesterday, some of the despair against the Blackhawks. To come out off the travel, to play against a desperate Winnipeg Jets team, and do what you did. That Kyle Connor slapper off the power play was an absolute bomb. And they had about seven or eight other opportunities like that that should have won the net. But if not of the play of number 25, the Swedish net miner, you're right, Cooper. Keep the talks of the Flames alive in the playoffs because if Markstrom can do even 80% of that, they can steal this thing. And as we said again, they own the tiebreaker after tonight. So talk about all the other narratives of the Jets about needing to lose this and that. All the Flames really need to do right now is take care of their own business. This was the most critical win of the season that they had to have in the moment, probably of the year because of the tiebreaker with the Jets. That's who they're chasing, and they got it. What a game today. Yeah, I'm, I'm almost out of breath. I'm almost out of words. I, I'm so glad we, uh, we've had a chance to do this tonight. Uh, I'm, you know, very selfishly, but, but honestly so glad that this was the outcome. And, uh, you know, we'll save any other conversations for another day. And uh, this, uh, this is a, a special and, and deeply, deeply important win for the Calgary Flames uh, against a team uh, that is – there. literally no other team would have been more motivated to beat the Flames tonight than the Jets, knowing they essentially could have locked themselves into the playoffs, you know, barring some ch- – we know the Predators are still in it. We've been through those conversations. But knowing that the Flames had to come into Winnipeg on a back-to-back – after having just lost to the worst team in the National Hockey League, John. And that was the same goalie last night as it was tonight. But whatever place Jacob Markstrom went to, to bring that performance forth, I hope he rents a condo there. I hope he purchases a home and land there. I want him to live there forever. Because his performance was transcendent. Uh, and a truly, I think it's one that we'll reference for a long time. And I know it's just a regular season hockey game. But this was a huge win for a Calgary Flames team that's had a tough, tough year. They've battled themselves more than anything else. And tonight, John, you know what's been so rare for us to say? I think they got better and better as this game went along. They did. And they deserve that 3-1 win. Yeah, they did. And as you talk about it, you said it perfectly but it's like he got rid of a poltergeist tonight, didn't it, for Jacob Markstrom? I mean, he was exceptional. Yeah, I, right, exactly. I'm not I'm not sure, did he see a sports therapist? Did he eat a different pregame meal? Did he get, you know, did he get something? I don't know. I can't even think right now because I'm so astounded. And uh, I'm just enthralled by what he did tonight. Uh, and, and the fact that he was backed up by his teammates. And, you know, when you have the likes of Walker Dewar, one of your youngest players on your yeah. fourth line, when you have your defenseman pinching in from the blue line, and again, and I know I keep hitting this button, Zadorov scored twice tonight, and ultimately he gets to keep one of those, and it was an absolute beauty, an absolute beauty. And two players, uh, one of whom I think is your de- sort of your de facto captain, Michael Backlund, making that pass when no one, not myself, none of the fans at uh, Canadian Life Center, uh, not Hellebuck. He makes the pass to Manjapani who finishes. You know, Manjapani's had an up-and-down year. Those were the flames that uh, that made the difference. And let's give credit where it's due. At least Nazem Kadri, who we were picking on a little bit, at least he picked up his play tonight to get to kind of a neutral place. And, you know, he, he found the right pass at the right time 
was Jonathan Huberdeau. He was not absent tonight. He had that primary assist on Zadorov's goal. And I think once that hit the back of the net, the Flames knew they had it in control. Uh, you and I were still a little nervous, but that's the final. What a game it was, my friend. Thank you so much for uh, for doing this. This was a really special one. I know. I'm glad that we did this one. I know you told me before, as far as uh, our coverage, we got to make sure we hit the most important things. I think on the schedule we've done so. I don't want to talk too in depth about you know the play before that from Uberdo that led to the back and goal because again his pass was the primary for Zadorov that finished it off. With that being said, starting next week on Monday will be a 9:30 contest against Nashville after the weekend game against Vancouver. That's going to be our next broadcast, 9:30 Eastern against the Nashville Predators. That's going to have a lot of intrigue left because we'll see if Nashville has the last push in the tank. I understand what people are saying about the Jets and what's needed to happen. I'm going to tell you this right now. With this win, I'm just going to tell you what I believe. I don't think the Jets will be able to do it. They're going to lose a game in between Minnesota or Colorado. If they don't, well, then that's a hell of a gut check there by Rick Bonus and his squad to certainly shake off whatever woes because they had this game tonight if it wasn't for Jacob Markstrom, but... Let's not forget those games against Minnesota and Colorado to end the year for Winnipeg. All these teams are tied at 98 points in the Central. So you can't assume that Winnipeg or the three teams that we mentioned in the Central are not going to have something to play for because I guarantee you nobody wants to play the Avalanche in the first round. No, I agree with you 100%. And, uh, you know, as we think about the Flames moving forward as well, you know, you can only hope that Markstrom, like you said, is able to retain some significant percentage of the magic that he found tonight. But also, you know, you can't uh, you can't really realistically expect any goalie on any team to continually steal games for you. And again, I don't think that he stole this game. I do think that the Flames improved their play over periods one, two, and three. Uh, the Jets looked really strong in the first, in particular. And they were, they were good in the second and third as well. But I think that Calgary really upped their play uh, and their intensity as the game went along. Um, but, you know, this is, this is something that you hope that you can bottle. But you also have to continue to get contributions from throughout your lineup. You're almost at the end of the regular season, John. Um, and, I mean, we can only hope that the Flames get the help that they need, right? They need the Winnipeg Jets to, to lose a couple of their remaining four games. Need the Preds to be, uh, you know, a good start would be having yeah. Carolina take care of business against the Preds tomorrow. But uh, this is an exciting, exciting start to the true final stretch run of the regular season. And I think that you'll get that. I just want to close out. I think that you'll get all those things if the primary stays the primary focus for Flames fans. You got three games left in the regular season. Get six points. You get six points, I promise you, you'll be in the postseason.